This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. Bernie and Sid in the Morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Baby, you tell them, Donna Summer, last dance all Friday morning, a disco Friday on Bernie and Sid on another summer getaway weekend. Last dance tonight. Well, that goes for uh, Brian Stelter. We'll get to that fat bastard in just a couple of minutes. But Donna Summer, God, did I love her and uh, still love her. You know, she's dead a long time already. But, of course, her music is um, is always great on our Friday especially. I think you guys know growing up in Brooklyn. And I've told this story, I don't know, a million times with Bernard, that uh, one of my heroes was John Travolta. And I played uh, just last Friday the clip from Saturday Night Fever when he's in the paint store with the boss. And he says, F the future. And the boss says, no, Tony, the future F's you. And I I love that movie. And I loved Tony Manero. I used to confuse all the time Tony Montana. Of course, that was Al Pacino and Scarface. And Tony Manero. John Travolta in SNF. But that was, uh, when I was growing up as a kid, that was the deal. All my Cougine friends. See, I was the original Jujine. I had the Jordache uh, jeans, the Sassoon jeans. I had the Sham shirt. I had the Sergio Tacchini sweatsuits. Had all that nonsense. Carried the brush in my back pocket. My hair now bald, but back then it was a DA. I was the original Jujine. Went to poly prep with every mobster's kid in Brooklyn. Every one of them. They ran the markets. They ran book. They owned bakeries. Uh, they killed people. They owned nightclubs. They did all that good stuff. These are my friends, mind you. And I'm a nice Jewish kid from King's Highway. But I wanted to be Tony Monero in the worst way. And, of course, what did Tony do? On Friday nights, he got his uh, four buddies, and they jumped in a car with Donna Pascal, that whore, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was her character, of course. And uh, they went to Space Odyssey, which was a real disco, you know, in Bay Ridge. I've mentioned this other place before many times, the Crazy Country Club, 
which a lot of you folks know about, Uncle Fester, working out the door. They had, uh, you know, video, uh, not video, they had uh, tape recorders in the bathroom. The bathroom door would fall down while a girl was inside a stall. The place was nuts. And it was in the same exact neighborhood, in fact, right down the block, I think, from that nightclub where John Travolta danced every Friday. And, you know, you, you go out on a Friday night and you blow all your money, and then you go back to your job on Monday and work all week again just to blow your money on Friday. And I did that for years. I mean, I want to talk to you guys throughout today's show. We got serious guests coming on, Brian Kilmeade and uh, Dr. Mark Siegel will discuss all the stuff we usually discuss, Trump, Biden, Adams, Hochul, shoot me. But um, from you guys on a Friday night, you know, we have an audience that's about my age, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Now, of course, you're in the Hamptons, you're in Fire Island, you're down at the Jersey Shore, maybe you go to Monticello with the Jews like my family. But when you were growing up, there had to be a club on a Friday night, and maybe a Saturday night for most of you, especially the Jews because it's Shabbos tonight. But there had to be a club on Friday night that you guys always went to. See, for me, when I started clubbing with uh, my next-door neighbor, Joe Iovine, uh, I used to go to a place called The Underground, and that was on 17th Street and Broadway, and it was a huge, huge spot for uh, guys from Brooklyn. Loved it, The Underground. And then, of course, during that era, during the 80s, all those clubs were very, very popular. Bedrocks and... uh, you had the, the tunnel, and you had the Palladium, and you had Xenon, and uh, even Brooklyn had a couple of places. You had the uh, the Fun House, and uh, what was a place in uh, in Bensonhurst? I forgot the name of it, but there were places that uh, were very popular in Brooklyn, in New York City, then Long Island. You had like um, you had Malibu, and you had Montana's. And you had, um, you know, the, the Ocean 80. What was that called? The uh, yeah, Sprats? Spl- Sprats, Spit. Uh, Spit was big in Levittown. Spit, yeah. Yep. I used to go there, too. Uh, yeah. Did you do all those clubs? I did, like, two or three of them, yes. Which ones did you do? I'm uh, curious. Spit. Oh. Really? The ones in Island Park. Which one? Are those ones that are right out, going into Long Beach yes. before you hit? Lido Boulevard. Well, there was one, too, that I used to go to on Thursday nights, which was uh, Metro 700, Franklin Square. Industry was another one, I think. Was that Long Island? Yeah, Long Island's Nassau. How come you did all those Long Island clubs? Because a couple of my friends lived out there, and it was, they were easy to hang out in. Right, And some of my friends who were not of age, they weren't 21. Well, they weren't 21? No, a couple of the uh, girls that we were with, my Uh-oh. friends. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was a procedure getting them in. <laughs> okay, you go in with the ID. Then we'll come back out to the car. Oh, and remember those we'll days? It, yeah, I, I oh, remember to, those days? I just wanted yeah. to go home. Your like, buddy, like, you getting... had one buddy with a bogus Ohio State ID, and I was supposed to get like 19 guys in. I know. I remember those days, too. But some of them were easier. That's why we were out there. Long yeah, Island was, was easier. Yeah. Yeah, the city was much more difficult, yeah. Here is uh, Jay on Staten. Staten Island, he wants to do some club talking early on a Friday morning. Good morning, Jay. Hey, how you doing? Hey, pal. Um, yeah, I, I'm friends with the, with the family. Uh, one of the sons, Lou, who was the owner of the Crazy Country Club, Scott opened up a Crazy Country Club. It's not like it is, was in Brooklyn. It's more of a restaurant than bar, but they bring somebody in for some sort of entertainment there in Pennsylvania. Right, right. No, okay, okay, so there you have it. The the history of the Crazy Country Club. Thank you, Jay. Uh, We go back to Staten Island. Tom is in Staten Island on line two. Good morning, Tom. Hey, Sid. This is uh, Tom. I'm I'm originally from Williamsburg, but 
I, I agree with you. I'm a little older. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in my 60s. But I used to do the same thing. I would work all week in a bakery. I worked out with my uncles on a bread route. You know, I made $40. No, no, where, now, where was that? Where, was that in Brooklyn? or it, where were you? It was, it, well, well, it was originally my father's bakery. It was on Havermeyer in North 7, right, where they have the Gelio Feast. Right. Oh, yes. Yes. And, uh, uh, yes, yes. Fact, yeah, I know you know people from the neighborhood there, Vermonties and everything. That was one of our customers from the bread store. Well, to make a long story short, I made $40 a week at the time. And I go buy a nice shirt, like for $10. <laughs> I go out that night. I go to the, I go to the, we used to go to a place called, I put like all my money on the bar. I buy a round and then everybody buy me a round for the rest of the night. And then go back to work, you know, Monday. matter of fact, I worked seven days a week at that time. So I'd be, I get pie eyed. I get out of there about four in the morning, go on the route at seven. My uncle says, oh, you're here early this morning. I used to get there like five o'clock. I said, yeah, I woke up early. Meanwhile, I go pull the truck and go to sleep <laughs> for a couple hours and then go deliver the bread. So you did that's it. That's how it was. You yeah, know no, I know. That's a, thank funny. you, Tom. That, that's, that's what guys did. They, exactly what you did. You made a couple of bucks and you blew it on a Friday night. We'll take a couple of more, then we'll get to the major stories of the day. Nick is out in New Jersey. He's on line one. Good morning, Nick. Good morning, Sid. How are you? How are you, pal? You remember the clubs in Brooklyn? Every night there was a good club. Wavelengths on Wednesday night. Uh, I see. I used to go to Wavelengths. I would go to Wavelengths because yeah. I would go to Short Ribs. I'd go to Hobnails. That's Third Avenue in Bay Ridge. Yep. And real fast, get it back to the Palladium. Do you remember they had that transvestite that I had to pick you to get in? Yeah, I actually, I actually made out with that transvestite. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Thank you, we Nick. used to be my friend Rico. My friend Rico was six foot three. Yeah, and he, he he was in love with him. He would make him. He would always pick us up to go in. <laughs> Funny, I do remember that, Nick. Thank you so much, uh, Joe. Back on Staten Island, on line three. Got a lot of calls here early in the morning. Good morning, Joseph. Hey, what's up, Ted? How you doing? I'm good. He's feeling good. He's uh, doing the best he can. We'll leave it at that. Good, good. Um. You didn't go to the, to the Legion on Avenue N back in the day in the wait, early 80s? Wait, what was the place? The Legion. The, the American Legion Hall. Every Friday night, they would have uh, like a team disco in the very early 80s. And we used to go to Club B on Quentin Road. Yeah, Club B I used to go to. It's funny you mentioned the American Legion because my uncle, Phil Shanstrom, who was married to my mother's sister, Barbara, for many years. He's long dead. But he was a, he was a, a big uh, macha at that Legion. And they would have these big parties like you're talking about. I know exactly where it is. You know, I still shop over there. I go to Landy's, which is right there by Avenue N, Ralph Avenue. I go to Seaside for fish. I go down to a Gourmet Grill, which is right there in the same neighborhood. So I know exactly what you're talking about. But no, I never really did go to that place and club on a Friday night. Here is a Paul in New Jersey on line two. Good morning, Paul. Hey, Sid. How are you? Hey, buddy. What's up? I used to go to... Uh... The Ritz and Rock Hotel on James Street. Now, where is that? In the the village? Yeah, the Rock Hotel was on James Street on the west side. Oh, very nice. That must have been really, really nice. Well, they used to have hardcore bands. Yeah. uh, Murphy's Law and stuff like that. Oh, I like that stuff. That's very good. Oh, thank you, Paul. Let's go quickly to Vinny in Massapequa on line four. Good morning, Vince. Good morning, Sid. So I guess it was the late 80s, early 90s. T.J. Bentley's third yes, Avenue. Yes, I, I, I was there all the time in Bensonhurst. Danielle and I used to go there every Tuesday and or Thursday night and date back in 1991, to be exact. So for, for me, it was Saturday night if it was raining because the girls in Brooklyn were better, and they'd stay in Brooklyn <laughs> if it was raining. Right, the girls in Brooklyn were better. Better at what exactly, Vin? I'm just curious. 
Well, you know, they're um, uh, more uh, accommodating. <laughs> I get it. I get, yeah. I get it. I married a Brooklyn girl. You don't got to tell me, baby. All right, Vinny, thank you. <laughs> we'll do this all morning long. Look at these these phones. William in Asbury Park, Frank in Massapequa Park, Mario in Brooklyn. Every single line is lit at uh, 6.13 in the morning. But I do want to get to this Brian Stelter story. But Bill, keep these folks on hold. We'll get to everybody all day today. I'm tired. I don't feel well. We only have two guests. Let's uh, talk to our, our very uh, loyal listeners out there. So Brian Stelter, this uh, fat, stupid bastard, was uh, let go by CNN. He had a show on Sundays that was the longest running show on the network. And the irony is, nine years, nine years, the name of Brian Stelter's show on CNN, Reliable Sources. Now, I don't know about you, but I watch a lot of television in my 55 years on this planet. And I've seen very few shows that are less reliable than Brian Stelter's. The irony there, again, reliable sources for a show that was taken off the air because it was completely unreliable. <laughs> so now, you know, I was shocked when I read all these stories about Brian Stelter yesterday, and Bernie can't stand him either, can I? Is that, you know, he's only 36 years old. He looks a lot older. He's like fat, out of shape. He's only 36 years old. But, of course, the guys on Fox News went nuts on Stelter last night. In fact, let's start with uh, the very, very funny Greg, uh, Greg Gutfeld. Lewis, this is clip number 13 on CNN getting rid of, finally, Brian Stelter. And the press were so quiet on CNN, you can hear Stelter's stomach growling. I can't <laughs> control myself. Just like Brian Stelter at Krispy Kreme. Like Brian Stelter trapped in a Frito-Lay warehouse. They eat everything from the inside. Like butter at Brian Stelter's dinner table, it's spreading everywhere. No heartfelt birthday wishes from CNN's chubby, grubby Teletubby. CNN's roly-poly gossip goalie. But anyone who thinks that boobs are more common in women than in men clearly have never seen Brian Stelter jogging. That worked out about as well as Brian Stelter's personal trainer. But hey, let's cut Brian some slack. He's got a lot on his plate right now. No, oh, there you go, Greg Gutfeld. See, he's not that funny. I, I don't know. He's just, he's okay at best. I know he gets great ratings because, again, he's the only show in town. Right? The rest of these guys all split the ratings. Fallon and uh, Jimmy Kimmel and all these clowns. But uh, just don't find Gutfeld to be all that funny. Here is uh, Sean Hannity, line, uh, excuse me, cut 14, also talking about the exit of Brian Stelter at CNN. No. Now, at the same time, he was breathlessly pushing lies, conspiracy theories and hoaxes like the Russian hoax and dismissed the Hunter Biden laptop story as a manufactured scandal. Now, despite all of this, I may surprise some of you. Humpty, I don't like seeing anyone get fired. I wish you the very best in your future endeavors, probably at Media Matters. And like all the other on-air hosts at CNN, I do have some advice. Stop being dishonest. You know, stop the journalist charade. You're not a journalist. Just admit you're what I am. You're a member of the, of the press. You're a talk show host. Admit to your truth and your reality in woke terms so you understand it. You're not a journalist. You're a talk show host. Now, by the way, Humpty needs to own his truth that he is a liberal who is obsessed with Fox and hates Fox. But we still wish him the best. We know he'll be watching us obsessively. 
A very gracious Sean Hannity. But yes, talking about the 80s and the clubbing, and again, we'll take phone calls all morning. Every line is lit. I'll get to you. You got to go back to one of the greatest movies of all time. Of course, Belushi and all the crew in Animal House. And this guy may have very well been talking about Brian Stelter, excluding the drunk part, when he said this. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. That's right. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. (laughs) (laughs) Even Eric Adams likes that. Eric Adams. Anyway, 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. We will talk to Brian Kilmeade coming up at 740. I think Dr. Mark Siegel is going to stop by at 840. Lydia reports coming up at 825. Beat Sid. Your chance at cash and prizes coming up at 9.40. But a lot of phone calls today. So if you want to become a star and be on the air with Sid Rosenberg, today's the day to do it. We're talking clubs. I don't care if it's Brooklyn, New Jersey, Long Island, Staten Island, in your girlfriend's Pontiac in her driveway in Sheepshead Bay. We're talking 80s music and clubs right here on the Disco Friday edition of the number one rated news talk show in New York City, Bernie and Sid on Talk Radio 77 WABC. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Bitches, Bernie and Sid, number one in New York City. Corey Zelnick checks in. He loves the theme today. He's a good-looking guy. He must have owned those floors way back when in the 80s. Uh, can imagine him there, yes. Yeah, good-looking guy. He is actually running the New York City Marathon. Corey's here. Oh, my God, look at him. <laughs> First time ever he's running it, and he's running it for his buddy who's got ALS. So you can check my Instagram, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, and uh, learn more about that. Help Corey out, you cheap bastards. He's trying to save somebody's life. You know, before we get back to these uh, phone calls about the nightclubs and all that good stuff, that's the theme of today's show. There is a, uh, a very scary New York Post today. Sucker punches man into a coma and let free with no bail. So there's a guy, he's my age, he's 55. This guy was already arrested for raping a girl, right, when he, she was like a 17-year-old girl. Was this alleged or, or it happened? I don't even know. Uh, but he sucker punched a guy, put the guy in a coma, and he was let out again basically after a couple of hours. So travesty is the headline. Today's New York Post, just another example, right? We're a couple of days removed from that wonderful cab driver 
who was murdered by those uh, kids. That was an awful story, too, murdered by those kids. It just doesn't stop in this city. It doesn't stop. And you would think that Kathy Hochul and uh, Eric, it's not Eric's fault necessarily, but again, his, his, when he comes up short, it's kind of like Donald Trump. Let me give you the analogy. It wasn't Donald Trump's fault that things went nuts on January 6th, despite the contention of every media member. It wasn't his fault. Where he did fail that day was he waited too long to react. This is kind of the same thing with Eric Adams. It's not his fault, right? He's not part of the legislature. He can't change these laws. He can't fire Alvin Bragg, but he is waiting too long to react, and he's not nearly angry enough. Like we say on this show all the time, specifically my partner Bernard, who I love and miss, name and shame. Go out there and start yelling the names of Hochul and Cousins and he's God, we've been on this a million times. And that's where Eric Adams falls short. So again, Eric Adams is talking about New Yorkers and crime. But to me, it comes up relatively empty. Uh, Lewis, this is your mayor, Eric Adams, cut number three. The people of this city... They want to support police. They want safe streets. Uh, They want to make sure people who are part of the uh, catch, release, repeat system don't continue to hurt innocent New Yorkers. And I challenge lawmakers all over the country. What laws have we passed in the last 10 years that protected innocent New Yorkers? We passed a lot of laws for people who commit crimes. But I just want to see what are the list of laws we pass that deals with a New Yorker who was the victim of a crime. Right. See, good. I mean, I guess. But he, fall, he falls short there of, A, being angry. He was very uh, measured in that tone. And, B, calling out anybody for not passing these laws. Name and shame, Eric Adams. Here's Zelnick. My mother saved a picture from page six of him and Brooke Shields. Dancing at the first anniversary of Xenon, Corey Zelnick was 16 and Brooke Shields was 14. Wow. I wonder if Zelnick got to um, Brooke Shields before Christopher Atkins. What do you think? I'll see it in the, see it in the book, I bet. He should <laughs> yeah, write the yeah. book right now. Yeah, Corey, write that book. Let us know. Man, you could see him with the shirt half unbuttoned. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Easy. He's another, he's he's another Jujine. He's like me. He's another Jujine. <laughs> Same Jean. thing. Yeah. Here is uh, Mia, and uh, she's in the Bronx. She's on line seven. Happy Friday, Mia. How are you? Great. Happy Friday. How are you? I'm great, sweetheart. Thank you. I feel I listen to you every morning. Thank and you. And when my husband comes in from work, which I hope he's listening now because he does a bread route, he should be home soon. I said, oh, well, Sid said. And Bernie, said, well, Bernie said. And it's like, you know, he goes, like, you see your friends? Yeah. Like, soap opera. Soap opera is good to be you, like that, too. I'll tell him, like, too. You know, yeah, that's right. Mia's my friend, all right? That's the end of the story. She's my friend. That's it. <laughs> but, wait, I have to tell you, I think you will be remembering pastels. Yes. You know, I'll tell you a quick story about pastels. I went to Poly Prep. And uh, Joe Tacopino, the lawyer's on the show all the time. He was my friend at Polly. Arthur Idala was in the grade below me at Polly. One of my best friends at Polly Prep is a kid named Gary Hanna. He's a lawyer today. And Gary Hanna's father, Al Hanna, owned pastels. Okay. Loved pastels. I loved Cafe Iguana. Oh, me I too. Park Avenue. That one. Yep, yep. Park oh, Avenue. I loved Cafe Iguana. Yep. And also the G Club in the Garden City Hotel. Many years ago, I knew a bouncer there, so we used to go into that 
club. That one I never went to, but uh, Cape Iguana, oh, thank you, Mia, Cape Iguana, take care, yeah. and uh, Rascals and those clubs in the 20s by Park Avenue. In fact, Cape Iguana was not far from Cape Society, I believe. That was also a big deal. You know, the, uh, the first time I dated Danielle, my gorgeous wife, she was at a club on the West Side Highway called the Amazon Club. You remember that place? It was a huge club on the West Side Highway. <laughs> I'm trying to. Yes. You don't remember that? I don't. No, I, that's not where my club scene was. That was not your scene. No. Yeah. yeah. Here is uh, Joe in Diker Heights, Bay Ridge, line four. Good morning, Joseph. Good morning. The Brown Derby, gazebos, pastels. Yes, gazebos. <laughs> and matter of fact, pastels. <clears throat> They had a couple of partners involved with that place besides Hannah. It was a George so a Warty. George, you know George Warty, too, right? Right, sure. Yeah, they all had a couple of... And the dentist with the cigar. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, so he used to stand there with the cigar. Dennis Levy, that's the guy's name. Very good. And they had a, they had a lot of guys in the, involved in the clubs over there years ago. So that's all I wanted to mention to you. That's well, it, thank you, know? you, Joe. Thank you. One more quick call, then we'll get to the clip of the day. Get uh, Ellick in here. He's doing sports today because my voice isn't great. Frank is in Massapequa Park online, too. Good morning, Frankie. Sid, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Uh, breaking away from the theme, just a teeny bit. Uh, yeah. Two points I want to make quick. Number one, you are a handsome hunk, and we love you. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a good way to start the call. Yeah, that's good. No, I love um, you. Now, now you can say whatever. Now you can bash me, and it won't hurt nearly as much. <laughs> uh, but two points. Uh, uh, nobody's listening to you and Logan Moore. I was listening to you and Bernie, and, and going back to the day of Don Emerson. I have. I, I love the show. I love you guys. Thank you. And uh, there's been a little bit of bashing of Don of late, and I understand it because you know I could just having listened to. For so long, I could just imagine what he was. Uh, no, you like can't. To work you you for. can't even imagine. He seemed, he seemed irritated a lot of times. Yeah, no, you can't even imagine. And look, uh, lately, it's gotten, kind of gone the other way. I mean, I spent a lot of time yesterday talking about how much I actually miss I miss and respect what he yeah. accomplished. As I'm getting you know, older, you know, I start to appreciate what he did. But you can't even imagine when, when we tell stories, me, Bernie, and Lou, just imagine whatever we say, Frank, 10 times worse. Oh God! And I, I, I really think that he he molded you guys, you and Bernie, into who you are today. And who you guys are today are intelligent, articulate, and wildly funny. Uh, thank you. Some of the best in the business, radio personality. Well, thank you, Frank. I, I think I think it's fair to say that. There's no question, Don. At least on me, I'm not going to speak for Bernard, had a huge influence when I host shows, whether it's Miami, New York, all these years. At one point I was on in 66 markets. There's a lot of imus in a lot of the stuff that I do. So I do have to give him some credit, so I tend to agree, Frank. Traffic and sports coming up next, but right now it is time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. 77 WABC is celebrating 100 years, and it's uh, on tomorrow at 4 p.m. Here the critically acclaimed radio documentary series where Chris Libertini does a tremendous job. It's uh, WABC morning shows, overnights, and Cousin Brucie. I really uh, must say I owe my career to WABC Radio. This is where it all started. Not only was I at the right place at the right time, you know that expression, being at the right place at the right time? (laughs) WABC Radio was my place. Wow, right? Rock and roll was ready to take off. Technology was such that everybody wanted to listen. I think there was, uh, out of every couple radios, every few radios that were listening uh, at a time when I was on the air, three out of five were listening to Cousin Brucie. 
If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at info at gabolaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Well, it's not Sid today. He's got a bit of a scratchy throat. It's Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water. Here, just go to peerlessboilers.com or paviliontankless.com for a dealer near you. Peerless Boilers, America's best built boilers. One step up and two steps back for the Yanks as they came out flat once again last night following the short-lived momentum they induced via Wednesday night's heroics. Kicking off a four-game set in the Bronx against the Blue Jays, Frankie Montas was still searching for his groove in pinstripes as he struggled from the get-go. Surrendered five runs in just the second inning to put the still lifeless Yankees offense in an insurmountable hole. Uh, just to be nice, the Jays handed the Yanks two of their own uh, with sloppy defense in the third, but that's all the quote-unquote offense would muster as four more for Toronto across the subsequent four innings would bury the Bombers for good. 9-2 to is your final as New York will continue to try and claw their way out of the abyss tonight at 7.05 p.m. at the stadium. Jameson Tyon getting the ball going up against Toronto's Kevin Gaussman. As for the Mets, well, they came crashing down from the high that their Wednesday night win provided as Shut well. Up. Oh, hey now. As they, I thought your voice heard. Does. Don't talk bad about the Mets. I'm not talking bad. Did they lose? They lost. Leave it out of the update. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they failed to get anything going against Max Fried and the Atlanta bullpen. They, those guys were nice against the Mets lineup last night. Jacob Vergram was good as well, but for his standards, uh, n- subpar, I would say. Uh, to, uh, what do you do? Uh, he allowed three runs on five hits over six and two-thirds innings pitch. Two runs sprouted for the orange and blue in the fifth frame on Mark Canna. Mark Canna, two-run shot, but Atlanta squeaked out just enough against the Mets' arms to secure the 3-2 win and the series. The Mets' lead in the AL East is now back down to three and a half games. DeGrom had a few words on the on the uh, loss. You know, um, we just got to continue to play good baseball. You know, we were in that game tonight, um, and we just got to continue to play good baseball. And, you know, worry about what we can do and not what other teams are doing. Just go out there and try to win every game. I wanted to come in here and win all four games. But, uh, you know, once they won a couple, then the goal is for the split, and we weren't able to get it. So. They'll try and get right as they open up a weekend series in Philadelphia tonight against the Phils. 7.05 p.m. first pitch. Chris Bassett going against Phillies' Aaron Nola. I'm Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Again, sponsored by Peerless Boilers. I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Great Kelly Marie on this Disco Friday on Bernie and Sid in the morning. Bernie should be back on Monday. We've got a great week of shows, and today will be great, too. It's been great already. Brian Kilmeade, 740. I think Dr. Mark Siegel at 840. 
and uh, all your phone calls. Every segment today, we'll take phone calls from our loyal listeners on their history of clubbing. There were, there were kids, uh, Alec, you're, uh, you're, you're still a kid, basically. You're not married. You're in your 20s, and you, you do a whole bunch of coke and stuff. Um, do you guys still go to clubs? Is that still a thing, or no? Uh, do I go to clubs? I wouldn't say, I mean, like, I do. Well, not you, maybe not you, but, like, the, the kids your age. Is that a thing? Like, yeah, like I get dragged to clubs sometimes. But, I mean, like, but it's never my preference. Like, I, no, I like... no, but what's a club you would go to? I just... Uh, man, uh... Like you'd rather go to a bar and just sit there and play like you know the Allman Brothers and yeah, and I'm uh, not and I'm not like huge on like remembering names of places, right? You know, right, like because right. by the time I get there, I'm already pretty wasted, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like so uh, you don't even know the name of, of a club. I get dragged around to these, but I, I'm never the one saying, "Hey, let's go here, let's go." But here. you don't even know the name of the club. I know. I mean, if listen, if you said a few names, I would. I well, would, what is I would the name of that club that, that uh, the mayor always go to? Eric Adams. He's always at uh, what is that club? Curtis talks about it all uh, the time. Uh, live maybe not live. He doesn't go to live. He go. Uh, Oh, the bond or something? Zero bond. Okay. You yeah. ever go there? Uh, maybe I've been there once or twice. You can't get in there. Stop it. I can. If Eric Adams goes there, you can't go there. With my girlfriend, if I pretend that she's not my girlfriend. Oh, she's hot. Yeah. She gets me in. Well, because she's Russian. She's very aggressive. She's Russian and she's hot. So, like, <laughs> yeah. I, just, I just say, I just say let's, let's only speak Russian. Right. For, like, the next five minutes. Right. And we'll cut the line and we'll get in. And it works every time. It has worked before. What do you think, you know, what do you think, guys, about these um, these outdoor dining things? You know, when I lived in the city, and I just moved out of Manhattan again a couple of months ago, spent six years in the city, two years Hanover Square down by Wall Street. I enjoyed that. Four years Upper West Side. It was like being in a liberal prison. And uh, six years in all. But, uh, of course, after COVID, all these restaurants, and our friends, a lot of these restaurant owners, mind you, they had to build these outdoor boxes, basically, to uh, serve customers. And I liked them. I know that when you're driving, it becomes an issue. <laughs> when they're, like, right in the middle of the street. I know that rats tend to hang out in there, homeless. People have sex in these things. I'm not exaggerating. They really become a blight on the city. But, but for me, I'm still more concerned about the small business owner who's never really come back from the COVID days trying to make a living, and those outdoor things actually help them. So I tend to say keep them in an effort to help the business owners. But I understand they are a blight. Well, what are your thoughts, Lewis, on the, uh, the outdoor eating well, first off, they took up a lot of parking space. Well, that's true. That's no, that was sure. a big deal. Yes, yes. It, so it, it, from my point of view, it's, I mean, it's time to get rid of them. It's, you want to get rid of them. kind of dumb. I think I Bernie mean, feels the same. Now, Bernie doesn't live here. Either do you. But uh, even when he's here, when he was here, he hasn't been here for quite some time. But when he was here, he didn't like them. He felt I, like they were uh, I'd unsafe. Rather, I'd rather eat inside. They're just... No, but, what if you came up, but, but, but back then you couldn't eat inside, if you remember, during okay, COVID. Okay, well, then it was fine. I mean, whatever helps business, right. helps business. Great. That's good. Yeah, you don't seem to really care about these people. No, I don't <laughs> care. I said if it helps business, fine. Okay. That's what it, it's good. Well, I guess they're taking down the abandoned one. So, like, if you have a restaurant right now and you it's busy, right, and you have people sitting in your outdoor area, then you're going to be okay. But there's a lot of these restaurants without a business, and now these outdoor eating facilities are just barren. There's nobody there, and they're going to start taking these things down. This is a major issue, folks. Not crime, not taxes, not filth, not the homeless. They're worried about these goddamn outdoor eating things. So Eric Adams with his uh, hard hat on and his construction vest and all that nonsense, was uh, out there yesterday. Here's uh, Mayor Eric Adams, number one, on the future of outdoor dining sheds. So 
All in the hips. All in the hips. Idiot. He's out there with a hard hat and a construction vest screaming, it's all in the hips. And then he talks about the actual situation. Here's Mayor Eric Adams, cut number two, Lewis. Listen, I am so low maintenance. I'm open. Whatever way they come out with, whatever uh, decision is made, I'm open. I like the idea of outdoor dining. Uh, during the winter time, I like the coverage, uh, covering part of it. Uh, I thought the heater system, I ate outdoors a lot during the winter. I thought the heaters uh, were great. Uh, so I am took them away. open. You know, I'm a nightlife mayor. Yeah, I know. Yeah. test the product. Yeah. Nightlife yeah. Yeah, yeah. is a key indicator of yeah. our city's economic health, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and we must keep it strong, and we have to get it right, and we have to do better uh, to make sure structures <laughs> like these uh, are not existing in our community. By the way, this Mensa couldn't call in right now and give us an intelligent conversation about crime or the real issues with the city, but our theme today, you know who the perfect guest is? Eric Adams. The nightlife, nightclubs, bars, music, drugs, New York City. Heaters. That's Eric Adams. Heaters. 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 They took the heaters away. <laughs> my, my, my friend who owns Serafina on 105th and Broadway, lovely lady Annie, her husband owns a restaurant. He's a, you know, um, they took the heaters away because they said they were uh, the danger, I guess. They uh, start fires. I don't know. It took them away. Yeah, well, they're inside a structure. I know, and it's there's no room for it to go. Jesus and if they, that's what that's what does cause a lot of fire. No, I fires, know that. These that's space true. Eaters. Yeah, yeah. Here is um, Maxine. She's in Manhattan, and uh, she used to rip up the dance floor. I want to talk to you about the days of going to Studio Fifty Four. You know, even though um, it was kind of a crazy time in in New York, or there was crime, whatever, there was. No divide amongst people when we were dancing in studio. 54. Oh, no. You had whites and blacks and gays and heterosexuals. All you guys wanted to do really was dance, drink, do a little blow, and have sex. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a great time. Like, you'd get dressed up and, and go there. It was fabulous. Fabulous. Well, can I ask you a question? If you did go there, Maxine, I know that Steve yeah. Rubel, God rest his soul, he died of AIDS. Ian's still alive, yeah. obviously. But Steve was very, very picky about the people he let in. How'd yeah. you get in all the time? Um, I was with uh, my boyfriend and um, some of the very big shakers and movers okay. of, uh, of New York. Gotcha. I, I have to be honest. And uh, that's we we always we always got got in and the family I was with were known. I don't know if Mark, who was the uh, bouncer, realized that maybe he did. Maybe my friends had their name on a list. Um, uh, But we were always with people also from um, like uh, Hollywood, the music business, etc. And we were very young. You know, we were what? 24 years old. Right. I'm 69 now. So, yeah. Well, do, do, you go, you know, do you still go? You know, I went to a restaurant last night, and this is why this gave me the inspiration to do the disco theme today. It's a place called Wit's End in Rockaway, and the cook, Wit, is an amazing chef. And they have a DJ on Thursday nights, and it was me, my beautiful wife, her law partner, Abraham, and his lovely wife, Rachel. And they were blasting disco all night, and people were dancing all night. But the people dancing, Maxine, had to be in their 50s and 60s. And uh, I could tell they were left over from Studio 54. They knew every word. That's you, right? That's you. That's me. That's me. 
Exactly. I have to go there. Which end at school? Which end? Thursday night. All the disco you want and great food. Check it out in Rockaway. Thank you, Maxine. Sit will buy you a drink. I will buy you a drink. Here's Johnny on Staten Island on line six. Good morning, Johnny. Hey, Sid. Good morning. Can you hear good me morning. okay? You sound great, yes. Okay. I was a young man. As a young man, I was a bartender in Staten Island, born and raised. My father owned a bar. I worked in Hadar. I worked in Honey for the Bees when it switched on. Wow. I worked in Joey Palumbo's Blossoms. I worked in the Caves. I worked in uh, the Staten Restaurant. I worked for Tony Meatballs at the Roadhouse. Wow. And back in the day, back in the day, there's plenty more I worked. I can't even remember them. I live right now in Delray Beach. I'm 67 years old. Oh, I know that. By the way, I love Atlantic Avenue in Delray Beach. I love it. Oh, it's great. It's great. And um, what, I, what I was going to say is my last job before I got married was in pastels as a bartender. Oh, wow. And I used to make, yeah, it was jumping. I know Ali Shade, Al Hanna, Cosmo, the man Cosmo supposedly owns a place right now in Delray Beach. Haven't been there yet, but those joints used to jump. Yep. Everything, like you said, there was no difference between people except maybe in pastels. It's kind of a wise guy hangout. Yeah, you're not going to find a lot of black people in pastels, let's be honest. <laughs> right, 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 right. But I must say, I had a great, great life as a bartender. I made a lot of money, especially in pastels. Yeah, young yeah. Man. Then I owned, in Staten Island, I owned the Forest Gardens on Forest Avenue, which I had an outdoor cafe, so I had 120, upstairs 100, downstairs 60. It was a very wow. popular restaurant. Yeah. Short-lived. Short-lived because I went through a divorce, but it was it was a happy time after the divorce. So now I live in Delray Beach, and I'm loving it. Well, God bless you. It's and gorgeous do. down there. Thank you for sharing your memories. Delray Beach is lovely. Let's go quickly to John in Fort Lee talking about the subject we just discussed. Eric Adams, he's outdoor dining sheds. John, what's going on, pal? Hey, good morning. Uh, good morning, guys. Love you guys. I think you're great. Thank you. Um, I think you and I actually crossed paths. You're a couple years older than me, but... Uh, United States of America. I grew up on Ben's Hurst, went to Xavier High School in Manhattan, so I think I passed across. But anyway, back to Eric Adams. Um, I think these sheds, if you read in, in the post a few weeks ago, a lot of them were being used for homeless, yes. having sex, and they're doing drugs. So yeah. I'm, I normally can't stand the salad word guy, but uh, I think the sheds have got to go. You think the sheds got to go? Okay, let's go to uh, Don in Amityville. Our callers, since 6 a.m., the lines have been completely lit. What an amazing job. Don wants to talk about another Don. Good morning, Don. (laughs) Hey, Sid. How you doing, man? Good, Tom. Listen, I'm just picking up on what you guys were talking about yesterday. I don't know if it's okay to do that now. but Sure. uh, 1988, uh, I was friends with a guy named Harry Tucker. He was uh, Armistice Engineer. Yes. Uh, uh, Lou, you, Lou, you remember Harry Tucker, right? Yeah, I know who, who he is. Yes. yes. Yeah. A very yeah. good guy, yes. I was friends with his wife, Reva, and him, and we lived in Plainview. Anyway, uh, he recorded some of my songs. I was a songwriter and whatnot. Uh, I'm 67 now, so that's neither here nor there. But anyway, he invites me up. I just got out of rehab myself, bro. I was like 31 or 32. Is 88 or 87. I forget. Then you guys are just about to go over to Long Island City, like three weeks later. He wanted me to see where he was at 30 Rock and what he did. So I, I went up there because I thought it was cool. So I went up there, and and I go up there, and I saw Charles McCord, and I see this Larry Kenny guy. And it's all cool. It's all great. And I'm in this little, like, room with a red light and a big board. And around the corner comes that big voice with his armies. And uh, Harry introduces me to him. He says, uh, 
Sorry, it's my friend Donnie. He's a good songwriter. And so I put my hand, I made the mistake of putting my hand out. Oh, no. Uh, oh, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> he looked at me up and down. Yep. He accused me of screaming at me like <laughs> like six inches from my face. Oh, God. Screaming at me like a DI. I know. Screaming. I know. I mean, like a DI. Yeah. He telling me that I sit on chairs upside down, bumps <laughs> all over me, and he and I I would never I would he would never shake with the hands of a guy like me. Right. I mean, he screamed at me for about a minute. I know. I, listen, when, <laughs> listen. When we tell these stories, Don, thank you for sharing your story. Oh, he had a good experience. Right. Then. That wasn't bad. Right. I mean, <laughs> he had, good years later, he would have taken out his gun and threatened to shoot you. I'm being serious. You're putting your hand out for you, moron. No, low life. Uh, so when we tell these stories, we're not exaggerating. We died in Amityville. I mean, the first time the guy meets you and he's that nasty, imagine that that continues day after day after day after day. You, after can, day. Ask, you can ask Don LaGreca. Oh, my He was God. first over there. Yes. The interns, because he interned, I think, there at FAN to start. I think, Don. A great guy. No, he of did. Course. Him and his brother. So him and David. The directive was always to the interns, when you see him, I'm just walking by. Look down. Don't look at right, him. Right, don't look at him. <laughs> no, so not, well, that wasn't just for interns. That was people in the well, newsroom. Yeah, yeah it, the, what was there, the doopy kid or what, the soccer jersey? Oh, Dave Bunzel. Dave Bunzel. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't hey, look at him. Hi, man, how are you? You <laughs> stupid idiot. Why are you wearing that oh, jersey? God. Uh, all these stories are true, folks. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. That is a great hour number one. Hour number two, we'll get Bill O'Reilly's morning message. We'll talk to Brian Kilmeade. Hour number three, Lydia Reports, Dr. Mark Siegel. Hour number four, Beat Sid. And again, your phone calls on everything from 80s clubs to Don Imus to the Mets to the Yankees to Bernie and Sid. It doesn't matter. We're having fun on a Friday morning right here on New York's number one show. We are Bernie and Sid. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Friday morning, Disco Friday on Bernie and Sid. Bernie back Monday. 
I'm taking you through as I have all week long with Brian Kilmeade, Dr. Mark Siegel, and a lot of disco. I was talking to this uh, lady last hour, and uh, my beautiful wife, Danielle, her law partner, Abraham, and his beautiful wife, Rachel, went to a place, uh, Wit's End in Rockaway last night. And uh, Wit is a great cook, one of my favorite restaurants in all of New York. And it was uh, they got a DJ uh, on Thursday nights. The DJ, I forgot his name. The guy's great. And it was all disco. And, um, you know, you have all these, like, uh, 50, 60-year-old people leftovers. Like, I go to my mother's house in upstate New York, and there's, like, adults, like, in their 60s, hair long, losing teeth, you know, bald spots. Oh, Post-Woodstock Correct. That's Correct. Still wearing tie-dyed shirts and waiting for Jerry Garcia yeah. to come back, you know. And this was the scene last night at Wits. It was, like, these 60-year-old people. Some of these ladies were still relatively attractive. You can tell they were hot, hot. Back in the 80s and 90s when the club scene was big. And they're going off to all these songs. And I'm like, you know, Danielle, I got to tell you, I I miss that, you know. I miss it. Because a lot of my days of going out in the 90s and early 2000s, it really wasn't clubs. It was more bars and stuff like that. But there was a time I couldn't wait. I was like John Travolta, Saturday Night Beaver. I couldn't wait on Friday to get to the underground on Friday night. I couldn't wait. And, um, in fact, the guy that was in the bathroom who would hand you, like, hand soap and towels. His name was Charlie, and uh, he would sell me and Joseph uh, Coke in the bathroom. And it was great. <laughs> That's their main purpose. Yeah. Because I, I never understood a guy giving you soap. Dumbest, and then he got a tip, the bastard. I'm, I'm not tipping you because I can I know. do that. I, uh, listen, they talk about these outdoor dining sheds. What is more annoying than tipping somebody because you got to pee? I mean, I don't, I don't need gum. I don't need cologne. I don't need that stuff. I hate when they do that uh, that type of stuff. Yeah, you just so cough, cough really loud and they'll get away. <laughs> yeah, you're right, especially during the uh, during the COVID era. But uh, anyway, we do have some uh, guests stopping by talking about the big stories today. And again, you saw the cover of the New York Post. This 55 year old guy who uh, raped a girl. Now he has hit somebody and put him in a coma, and the guy is back out on the streets. It continues to be a mess. No answers. I mean, here's Kathy Hochul. The governor of this state. And again, Lee Zeldin cannot beat this lady badly enough. I mean, Zeldin, he can't win by a big enough margin. And yesterday, she's out there. She's not talking about Alvin Bragg. She's not talking about the crime on the streets in New York. You know what she's talking about? Infrastructure. Who the hell wants to hear Kathy Hochul talk about infrastructure? I mean, give me a break. But she did. Here is the governor, and this, Lewis, is cut number five. I'm announcing countless infrastructure projects and making sure that we have, you know, get rid of the potholes and fix our streets and our roads and bridges and our transportation, our public transit. But the best investments are not in the physical infrastructure. It is the human infrastructure, investing in human beings. Investing in human beings. So while she's out there talking about infrastructure and animals like the guy in the cover of today's New York Post uh, are walking the streets. You know what Lee Zeldin is doing today? Brian Kilmeade, who will join me at 740, just sent me a text. He says, FYI from Lee Zeldin. Lee is doing a presser today in the Bronx at the location where the perp sucker punched the victim who was left in a coma. So crazy that guy was released on cashless bail. So while Kathy Hochul is talking infrastructure, how about Lee Zeldin? How about him showing up at the spot? And by the way, we're not that far removed, only a couple of weeks, from Lee Zeldin also showing up outside of Jose Alba's bodega, supporting that hero as well. So Kathy 
She's taking money from the Buffalo Bills and New Yorkers, obviously. She's got, uh, you know, she's got uh, lieutenant lieutenant governors going to prison. She's got more crooked deals than Cuomo did in 10 years. And Lee Zeldin, what is he doing? He's out in front of Alba's store. He's out there today worrying about the safety, the crime. And that's why I don't care if you're a Republican. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you're an independent. I don't care what and who you like. If you are a New Yorker, and you are, because you're listening right now, the majority of you, I know we're popular all over the country, but if you're a New Yorker, and you love this city, and you love this state, and you love this country, then God damn it, you have no excuse than not to vote for Lee Zeldin. Uh, this message was approved by Leonard Arthur Zeldin. <laughs> Kathy Hochul, I mean, come on. So, um... We'll talk to Kilmeade about a bunch of these. Uh, maybe I'll get Leon today. I don't know. Him and I are very, very close. We got a big event coming up uh, next Wednesday with uh, Kimberly Gilboyle, Donald Trump Jr., Ray Kelly, the great police commissioner, uh, Lawrence Taylor, O.J. Anderson, a bunch of Jet players, all a, uh, a big event for Lee Zeldin next Wednesday on Long Island. And then, of course, uh, coming up on the 4th, I know both Dito's want me to say this, but it's uh, Trump, Donald Trump, and uh, in Deal, New Jersey. So Zeldin doing some uh, very, very good things. Let's go back to the phones. I promised a, uh, a healthy supply of phone calls today. So let's go to William in Asbury in New Jersey on line one. Good morning, Billy. Hey. Hey there. Uh, pleasure, man. I love your show. So our night would start about 9 p.m. We'd get on the bikes, head to uh, Headliner. And uh, get a couple of, you know, we warm up, get a couple of beers, a shot. Sure. We'd make it to Seaside in about 30 minutes. So you can imagine how fast. Well, you're, 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 on, you're on motorcycles, right? Yeah, yep. motorcycles, street bikes, sports standards, stuff like that. You know, we, we, we'd meet the girls from Temple. We'd meet the girls from uh, Monmouth University. And, you know, get a couple of them on the bikes. We'd go out to the street street racing spark spot down on airport road you know and uh well you, you know you have a friend with a van he'd show up out there and have, have a bottle of jack you know some uh maybe some moonshine you now nah, you're talking willie it sounds yeah, to me good, so, yeah, hey it, man i couldn't tell you how many how many how many times i smashed on the back of the motor i'm sure oh man it's yeah. pg-13 or rated sounds off the to radio, me willie sorry. like you, you probably and thank you for the phone call like you probably still do all this all the things that you're, you're nostalgic about right now Somebody tells me you still do a lot of that stuff. What do you think, Lou? If you had a bet, one way or the other. I actually thought Justin was on the phone talking about his upcoming <laughs> weekend. Here is, uh, oh, I missed this guy, Danny on Long Island. Very, very good fan of the show. Line 5. Good morning, Danny. Good morning, Sid. Listen every day. I haven't had a chance to call because of my work schedule. But I can't emphasize to the call is enough that I grew up in North America, Long Island. And we'd go down to this place called Escapes. And it wasn't just one guy from Brooklyn, like Sid. The place was overrun with a thousand Sid Rosenbergs. The hair, the shirt, the jewelry. It was like a, it was like a John Travolta lookalike contest. They had the moves. They were talking. We stood no chance at all with the girls. Well, here I am, like a normal kid from Long Island. And these, this, we, we hated them. We called them zipper heads because they all had the same hair cut in the back. It was unbelievable. It, it was so intimidating. The cocaine is flowing in the bathroom. Yep. These places were immense in size. You didn't have any cell phone. You had to establish a spot with your friends that this is where we're going to meet. Right. This is like our home base. Right. Because once once you started to mingle, it was like this football field-sized <laughs> bar. 
And if you were in the city or something, and you know, said, how is it? How do we know it's time to leave? You know, all of a sudden, the lights. You guys, one time we were at Uncle Sam's, three carloads of guys. Everybody decides to leave. I'm in the bathroom. Nobody realizes I'm not in the car. I, w- I walk out. The place is empty. I'm walking home. Oh, my God. Turnpike. Oh. No cell phone. No cell phone. No. Right, right. But anyway. I remember. Times, I, 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 I'm sorry. We lost it for a second. I remember Uncle Sam's. Danny, great to hear from you, buddy. But you're right. There were no cell phones. You had to try to meet up with your friends. You had no idea exactly when and where. And But it was fun, wasn't it? Here is a Leonard on the Upper West Side. I used to live there. Line two. Good morning, Len. Hey, Sid, good morning. You're going to have to keep me on for the call screener. I'm the brightest guy on the Upper West Side. Um, okay. We're there on the Upper West Side. These people are so stupid. First of all, as far as John Castamines is concerned, he should post in his stores uh, why liberals are basically destructive. And why? Well, and I, I don't think he wants to do. I mean, I used to shop all the time, and I love that store, the Gristini's on 103rd and Broadway. And uh, 99% of the folks that went shopping there, Leonard, were liberals. I'm not sure John wants to piss those people off. <laughs> well, well, you know what? Unfortunately, the liberals need to be educated because it's all good to be running around with dirty, germ-filled bags. Meanwhile, criminals are getting loose, and you know everybody's all excited. I mean, recycling is not a bad thing, but how about priorities? How about putting the criminals in jail? How about fixing the roads? How about lowering taxes instead of all this bullshit? Which is oh, you can't say that, but you were doing great up to that point, and you you do sound very smart for an Upper West Sider. But look, I you know we agree obviously. Now, when you talk to these people on the Upper West Side, they're going to tell you they want the same thing. What do you mean? Of course we want less crime. Of course we want it to be safer. And then when you say, well, then why do you keep voting for people that don't care? Then they they tend to make a thousand excuses as to why it's not the politician's fault. None of which, none of which make any sense, but they'll try to argue with you. I've done it. Trust me, I've done it. They will argue with you. And they will walk away thinking they're the smartest person in the room. And let me tell you who's like that. Brian Stelter. And let me tell you who's out of work today. Brian Stelter. Here's Mario Long Beach, line four. Good morning, Mario. Good morning, Sydney. Good morning. How are you? How are you? Uh, I tell you, I just told the producer on the phone. uh, I met Bernie a few times on the boardwalk. And, uh... I'll tell you what, thoughts and prayers, people, everyone for Bernie and what he's done for ABC, what he's done for you, Sid. And, uh, you know, uh, and Mojo for the Mets, what can I say? I was at the last game of the 69 World Series and other classic games. And a Jet fan, and Joe Klecko had a nice uh, a gin milling in Rockwell Center, and I hope he gets into the... Uh, uh, he deser- Listen, he, he deserves to be there. Thank you for the phone call. I'm friendly with Joe, the great number is 73. And remember, they, they started keeping those sack numbers when Klecko was done. And the guy that really took advantage of that was Mark Gastineau. Back then, the Jets had a nickname for their defensive line. They were called the Sack Exchange. And you had Marty Lyons, who still does the Jet games, I believe, on TV or radio with Iron Eagle. You had a guy named Abdul Salam. 
You had Mark Gastineau, and you had Joe Klecko. Klecko was far and away the best football player of the four, but Gastineau got all the numbers, all the sacks. He had the gorgeous wife. He had the pretty daughter. You know, he was the, the, the guy. And then, of course, he got his ass kicked, talking about big clubs out on Long Island at Spratz when he lost to some, you know, some, some weekend warrior in a arm wrestle. Remember that? Gastineau got his ass kicked, and he got beat up by somebody. and Had a lot of issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot of issues. But uh, Joe Klecko was far and away the best football player on that defensive line. Robert is in Dutchess County. Wants to talk about Lee Zeldin on this Friday morning. Good morning, Robert. Good morning, Sydney. How are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Good, good. Nothing but love for Bernie. I hope he feels better. I'll tell him. Listen, uh, Zeldin, forget about Long Island. Long Island is one. He needs to stay in the five boroughs every day. No, he knows that. Every Listen, day. he knows, Robert. He, he, he was on the show a couple of days ago, to your point. You're exactly right, Robert. And he said, look, I need to get 35% of the city vote, and I win somewhere between 29 and 35%. He knows he's got the Long Island wrapped up. He knows that already, and he is concentrating on those areas, as well as, Robert, thank you for the phone call, upstate New York, places like Rochester, Binghamton, Syracuse, heck, by my mom up in Monticello. He knows. He knows the demos, the demographics. He knows where he has to go to win this election. Peter is in New Jersey, and a Pete's Online won this morning. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, said, Hey, I want to be your agent. I want you to be the next actor in Escape from New York 2. Are you that funny? <laughs> Are you Kurt Russell? No, not really. But uh, I did uh, escape. You know, it's funny when I say escape from New York. I didn't leave. I left Manhattan and I went to Queens. But, of course, I moved to a, a very, very pretty part of Queens and a very safe part of Queens with a bunch of cops and firemen and first responders. And, in my opinion, one of the nicer parts in all of New York. So I didn't really escape New York, but I did escape this city. And every day that I'm here working, I love it. I really do. You cannot ever compare any city to the energy we've got here. I feel it right now. Third Avenue, New York City, on this Friday morning. It's incomparable. There's nothing like it. But also, the eight-block walk every day to Grand Central, the amount of low lives and homeless and junkies and, and people with feces in their pants and peeing all over themselves and yelling and screaming. And that's just in the studio, by the way. Uh, you, can't, you, can't, uh, you, you can't have that. And it's every single day. So I did kind of escape from New York, from Manhattan to Queens. Bill O'Reilly's morning message and Brian Kilmeade on this disco version of Bernie and Sid on a Friday. Once again, this is the Johnson Brothers. Stop. See the Brothers Johnson. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Friday, polling is getting more dubious in America. It's easy to skew any question, any direction you want. For example, yesterday, Politico released a survey saying most Americans approve of the raid on Donald Trump's Florida home. Okay, but why would they approve? 
Nobody knows what the accusation actually is. So I guess a majority of Americans like law enforcement barging into their homes on an undefined mission. Now, I don't believe that poll, but I do believe Politico likes the outcome because that website doesn't like Trump. I love doing the math. And most Americans don't even know what Politico is, but they see the headline on the news sites on the net. And many believe the headline, having no idea how the data was assembled. This is called being misguided. We the people know we're being conned, generally, by a dishonest media system, but there's little we can do about it. However, we ourselves contribute to the dishonest culture if we believe stuff without checking it out. But who has the time for that? So here's my personal poll. 51% believe this message is worthy. By the way, only two votes were tabulated. Mine and my corgi, Holly the Terror Dog. My poll is as legitimate as Politico. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Friday morning, Disco Friday with Bernie and Sid. I was inspired last night, and uh, man, many years I did it. All the clubs, Brooklyn, Long Island, the city, that was my deal. And I couldn't wait. I remember there was a hurricane, I forget the year, in 1985. And it was a Hurricane Gloria, I believe. And it was Friday. And every Friday, without fail, me and my next-door neighbor, Joseph Iovine, who Bernie knows very well because Joe, when I grew up, Joe was my hero. He's a great-looking guy. He was Italian. Always wanted to be Italian. He had the Pontiac Firebird. He worked out. He had all the girls. And um, without getting too specific, everything that I, every vice that I picked up along the way was introduced to me by Joseph, who was the most special, warm-hearted, nicest guy you'll ever meet. And, in fact, you guys may remember that months and months ago, I went through an awful tragedy when Joseph's sister, who was a little bit younger than me, Danielle, was killed in a car accident down in Florida with her husband, Albert, and their 16-year-old gymnast son. You may remember that I was, I was destroyed all week long and went to the funeral and all that. That was Joseph's family. And uh, Joe and I would go to the underground every Friday night, 17th Street and Broadway, and Hurricane Gloria was coming that day. And my mom and dad were like, you can't go. And I'm like, what do you mean I can't go? It's Friday. I have to go dance. 
My father's like, you have to what? <laughs> I couldn't even dance all that good. I was you know, a Jewish geeky kid, you know. And uh, they're like, you're not going. There's a hurricane coming, and you're going up to your room right now, and that's it. And I, I caused the biggest fight in my house because I couldn't imagine not going out on a Friday night in New York City. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, with winds circling at about 80 miles per hour, it wasn't nearly as bad as the uh, weather people forecasted. Guess who went to the city that night? Me. I still went. Hey, uh, Macedonia, Phil, you're a young kid. How old are you again now? 25? Yeah. Do you go clubbing still? <clears throat> not, what do you mean still? I never really went. You never went? Not really. I'm not a club guy. Clubs, they're, they're too much. Do they have clubs? I, I asked Justin the same thing. They have clubs now or... Yeah, yeah, they have clubs. Give me an example of a popular club. That well, it, do you go to like different hubs for clubs? What does that mean? Like, there's like airports. I'm, I'm, I'm from yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm from Jersey, so like, and I live in like a small town in Jersey. Well, so what town you live in again? West Milford. That's a nice town. It, I think yeah, John Minko, the former great sports update guy from uh, WFN, lives in West. Is that the the the, 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 the coach diner and a big club guy? He was, oh, he was a yeah, huge was, club. Yeah, yeah, Bee Gees. Play some. Right. So West Milford doesn't have any clubs. No, I mean, maybe Paramus does. Well, that's why I'll go to like Morristown or Hoboken. Oh, or yeah. The city, oh, but... Hoboken's nuts. Yeah, yeah. Hoboken's fun. That Washington Avenue in Hoboken is, but they're not clubs, they're bars. There's some like club. Yeah, there's clubs there. I've been to clubs there. Because I used yeah. to go party there once in a while with Artie, Artie Lang. And we'd get uh, really, Lisa Orban, we got messed up on uh, in Hoboken. Yeah, no, you, you get absolutely trashed. When you yeah. Do you have to, like, prepare for it. That's yes, why you do. Uh, Frankie Diaz, you're a young guy, also young and single and stupid. What, uh, do you go clubbing or no? Thank you. Yeah. Uh, not really. I mean, I've been to, like, Jersey, like, Asbury Park and stuff, you know, the, the sort of the, the dance club vibe. You're places, actually a good but... dancer for, for a relatively heavy, you're not fat, you're not that, fat. That, Thank you, For thank a relatively you. heavy guy, you got, you got good moves. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a musician, so I have good rhythm. Oh, is that why? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay. But, that, like, if you go to the Bronx, they, a lot of the places that I go to, they're, they're all bars, but there's some places that have, like, the sort of vibe that it's a club, but it's just, like, you could tell it's just, like, a place for, like, young, 20, gotcha. early 20-year-olds to, yeah. like, yeah. get right. drunk and dance with right. each other or whatever. Terminal. Right. What place? Oh, t- oh, that was, yeah. that was like yeah. Irish yeah. Frank is on uh, Staten Island. He's on line eight. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. Thanks. Uh, listen, I just want to say you got a great show. I listen Thank you. To you guys every morning. Thank you. And a couple of uh, discos you didn't name in the uh, Ridge over there in Brooklyn. How about Say La Vie? I never went there. Uh, where, where was that? Was that in, in Bensonhurst? Yeah, no, that's up in the uh, Ridge on 3rd Avenue. Okay. At 86th Street. Okay. Then you had the Penthouse. That I remember, yes. And then you had uh, Jasmine's. Jasmine's was uh, Bentley's before it was Bentley's. Oh, that was before. Okay, well, because I, I, like I said, with my beautiful wife, Danielle, we did go. Thank you for the call. The T.J. Bentley's quite a bit, but uh, now you're, you're predating me, the place before T.J. Bentley's. Traffic and sports are coming up next. Also, Brian Kilmeade. Great conversation. He's coming up next. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. 
Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good, great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. My next guest, of course, is a superstar. No other way to put it. Host of Fox and Friends in the Morning. Has his own Saturday night show on Fox News as well. Does a tremendous job 10 a.m. every morning on this station right after me and Bernie. He's about to hit the road in Newark, New Jersey. He's an author. He does it all. The great Brian Kilmeade on a Friday morning on the Bernie and Sid Show, the pride of Massapequa. Good morning, Brian. Yeah, no, no, the pride of Massapequa is the Little League team. Don't you agree, Sid? Uh, it's a big story. Tonight they're going to take on Honolulu in Williamsburg. I've heard you talk about it a couple of times this week. You're caught up in your hometown Little League baseball team. Yeah, the, the guy that runs the league, and get this, volunteer. I mean, the new model is everyone pays. You pay for trainers. i got to put my kid in this best camp, and i got to get him recruited. This guy, who's a former cop, the most of these guys are cops and firefighters in Massapequa, and they're great. And they donate their time, all volunteer coaches, and they beat all these basically professional teams in all these cities. And you know, something about New Yorkers, we're not as big in Oklahoma as Oklahoma, Texas, and Nebraska. <laughs> and these guys just play great. These kids play great fundamental defense. So I think it's a na- I just get a kick out of the fact that they're on ESPN. And they're making the plays they used to do in Burns Park. They yeah. do at Burns Park. They're doing it. Now they're on ESPN's Top Ten. And they're, and they're the same kids. And I happen to know a lot of the parents. And they're just great families. And when you are a family of these kids, you give up your summer. You don't go on the cruise. You don't go to Montauk. You sit there and practice sometimes three times a day. Almost every day, three times a day. Well, I'll tell and you what. Uh, so right it's pretty now, cool. It's, it's, a, it's a good time to get caught up in it because on the professional level, the series for the Mets in Atlanta, awful. That Yankee loss last night, awful. I heard you talk about this, too, this Met-Yankee World Series. I talk about it almost every day, but uh, the last couple of weeks, not a good barometer for the local baseball teams. I don't know which were the Yankees. I mean, I could see a slump playing 500 baseball, but this bad, especially after the dramatic win against the Rays the other night where they should have lost two or three times and they end up winning. And you would think the grand slam by Donaldson would propel them, but they lose again nine to two. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. Is their big season getting rid of Montgomery? I mean, is that what they is, <laughs> Yankee fans yeah. should be happy I about? I mean, he's been great in St. Louis. That's the irony. Yeah. He's been great, and the guy they acquired from the Cardinals, as you know, Brian, not even healthy enough to play baseball yet. 
Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't really know what's going on. Listen, I'm the biggest fan of Cashman. Even when people going in was saying he wasn't doing enough in the offseason, I believe Stanton means much more than we thought. I, I thought that, the, you know, Stanton, great bat, but not the leader. Reminds me a little of Winfield, great person, but just never really embraced by New Yorkers. The guy that uh, fueled the Yankees would, would always be uh, the Reggie Jacksons, the Derek Cheaters. Those were A-Rod might have the big numbers, but other people would lead. But it looks like they really missed Stanton. That's the only thing I can figure, as well as Severino, uh, to get him back. They put him on 60 days because he's such a terrible healer. So he's going to come back in a few weeks. They need that home field advantage, don't they? No, they do. And the Astros, uh, they're still playing very good baseball. Scored 21 runs last night. Houston takes on Atlanta in a very big weekend series starting tonight. So, yes, the Yankees do need that. And even then, who knows if they can beat the Houston Astros. But it'll be fun to watch. So you got the Little League Baseball team, Massapequa, in the uh, World Series tonight. Mets and Yankees, <laughs> big weekend series. But, you know, one of the guys that we talk about on this show quite a bit, uh, and I was down on him from day one. My book, which comes out in a couple of weeks, I wrote Seven months ago, and I wrote in the book, Brian, get ready for Bill de Blasio 2.0. There's the proof right there that before he even won the race and he was running against Curtis Lee, well, I knew Eric Adams would be a bad mayor, and I was right. He's a bad mayor. Right now, worried about this fight with Abbott in Texas when the city, once again, crime-riddled, stuff called cabby getting killed, sucker punches, guys in coma. Are you ready at this point, Brian Kilmeade, to finally admit that Sid was right and Eric Adams is a bum. Hmm. Come on, kill better me. Better than de Blasio. I have to break it down. I, it's not a black hole. I'm going to break it down for you. Ready? First off, uh, with the Abbott thing, if he really wanted to be a national figure, he would blow up Biden. He would actually try to get something done by calling up Biden because Biden likes him and he likes Biden. And go, listen, you got to stop the Westchester drops. you got to stop the MacArthur Airport drops of these illegals. My classes are overcrowded. Our shelters are bu- bursting at the seams. And then if he went with Abbott and went down there and took Abbott's suggestion and said, check out the border. Imagine Abbott going down there, doing a dual press conference with Governor Abbott saying, we got a major problem. This state needs help. He would actually help Beto O'Rourke. Do you know that? (laughs) He would actually help Democrats in Texas. That would be a true national figure, a Rudy Giuliani in his prime type thing to do. So to your point, he says a lot of the right things, but his actions don't back it up. But when de Blasio would actually... Praise the criminal. I mean, we watched that sucker punch on camera by this 55-year-old. He's on the cover of the New York Post. He says, I got to be able to keep my guys in prison, and we got to stop with the no-cash bail. But if he was really, those are good. But would he, to your point, Sid, if he called out Alvin Bragg to do more, that would be something. If he called out the lawmakers that voted for the no-cash bail, that would be somebody that has a political future. But right now... He's about a third of what I was yeah. hoping he would be, oh but my not God. a total zero yet. All right, I gave him a total zero. You know, the uh, the two questions I get asked the most during the week, uh, Brian Kilmeade, is one. Why are you so sexy, number one? Well, what a great build you have, number sure. two. You're right about What's that. What's the third? <laughs> yeah. How'd you know? Uh, those are the first two, but the, th- the third one is in this state which, of course, is like eight to one Democrat, even with all the issues you and Bernie and Brian talk about every day. Can your guy Lee Zeldin actually win? And I always go back to Pataki. Well, yes, he is talking crime. He's saying all the right things. But they but still, even with that said, in this state, with the numbers clearly against us, can Lee Zeldin win? What does Brian Kilmeade say? Yes. Yes. And what does Hochul talk about today? Yesterday? We got to change the name salesman to salesperson. Unreal. We got to get rid of the name inmate. 
So when Hochul is serving it up for Congressman Zeldin, I think that it's she's making it easy. You know what makes it hard? When people do what Fetterman's doing and pretend to be somebody they're not, that to do the issues that people care about. Fetterman's pretending to care about the American people, but he's Bernie Sanders. He's duping people. <laughs> Hochul is so ridiculously inept. She's actually doing everything to open up the door for Zeldin, and he's a smart guy with this military background who's strong on security, who impresses Democrats in Suffolk County. So if he goes into New York City where we are, and he starts relentlessly pounding on these communities and letting them know, I got your back. I care about these schools. I understand what's going on with this curriculum. If he is relentless with the getting, getting on with us on 77 WABC with New York One, every time there's, a, there's an incident, I want him, seeing, I want him sitting there with, in that hospital with that, uh, with that I, I get this victim who got sucker punched. I want him outside that hospital calling a press conference saying, <laughs> yep. this kid's in a coma because this governor refuses to put people behind bars. And this DA who I'll fire has to go right now. And this governor will keep him in his job. So if he is relentless, he can do it. He's got the energy. He's got the experience. He's actually got the political baseball card, if you flip it over, to do it. Go win it. He can win it. I agree. Brian Kilmeade here on the Bernie and Sid in the morning. So a couple more. Good week here for uh, Donald Trump, obviously. Merrick Garland looks terrible. The DOJ looks even worse. And uh, every day that those guys fail is a great day for Trump. And Joe Biden goes on vacation. We've heard nothing at all. I mean, even dating back to Nancy Pelosi's flight to Taiwan, we've heard nothing from Joe Biden. So Trump's stock goes up in a big way this week. Agree? Yes, so far. But I would say this, uh, they are making this Trump-centric. All these other channels are trying to talk about Donald Trump to get their ratings up. They're obsessed with the case in Georgia, obsessed with the CFO going to Rikers Island. While you let these other (laughs) crazies rage, uh, ruin our streets, they are obsessed with the Georgia investigation. They're obsessed with the Mar-a-Lago raid. I would say to you, the people listening to us right now are going to Christides. And they're going, why is everything so expensive? Right. They're walking around and going, you know, I'm not taking the subway. They're telling their 17-year-olds, uh, you better, you, no more Ubers. We don't know who the driver is. I'm going to have to get a car service to get you to your friend's house. I'm going to have to walk with my 11-year-old who usually walks to school because I don't trust these, these uh, homeless people because they're more violent than they are pathetic. So that's what's happening. In America, we have a crime crisis. We have an inflation crisis. And they are going for things that maybe up their ratings but don't affect our lives. So Donald Trump, pro or foe, it doesn't matter. Donald Trump said, in fact, I had a chance to talk to him last week. He said, will this guy, meaning the president, run the country and stop with the relentless politics? And to me, that's what I think we should tell, I think what the people are telling our country and our political leaders and our news networks Enough with Trump. We yep. got it. Yep. By the way, they lose all the time. They're going to lose in New York State. The Southern District gave up. In Georgia, they're not going to touch a, a put a glove to him. And I believe the Mar-a-Lago is a total overreaction. So Trump could actually triumph over this, but Trump is going to be made or, or broken on what happens to his 187 endorsements in November. If he wins most of those generals, he's a shoe in If he loses them, uh, he is not. So that's that's when Donald Trump becomes front and center. 
The other stuff, I think they're trying to suck us in, Sid. Hey, Brian, any truth to the rumor that uh, the most recently let go Brian Stelter is about to replace Steve Ducey on Fox and Friends? Yeah, he is. Uh, he was doing a read yesterday in the building because he, he's so Fox. Uh, he's so Fox like, uh, you know, and the thing is. And he's so entertaining and accurate. Right? <laughs> I mean, he just I find him just so nonpartisan and fair. Oh God. I can't believe he's only thirty six years old. That's what I was shocked by. I saw that in the paper this morning. He's only thirty six. You know, on the way out, my uh, my daughter Ava is um, on her way to Mexico. She's going on a vacation. But she leaves Brian in three weeks for England and she's actually going to college in England. I know you've been talking all week long about your daughter, your son. Uh, I think you're on your way to New Orleans, if I'm correct. Yep. All this college stuff. My daughter leaves for college in three weeks, and I don't know about you, Brian. I'm a mess. A mess. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm a little bit more used to it. You know, I've, I've been through this a few times. What I always focus on is the next time you see him. So I will say, you know, you're coming home for Labor Day, or you're coming home for Columbus Day. You know, we'll uh, see you in November. I'll be up uh, there in three weeks. Uh, so that's what I focus on. And the thing is, you, you know, you got to be you just this is an important moment because then people start appreciating the relationship more. You know, the person that's always in your house is not. So so suck it up. Show some uh, it shows you care, which is good. <laughs> but show up. some courage. All right. Oh You're a big, God. strong guy. Yeah. Show a little strength. That's true. You're right. Except whatever. Well, listen, I love you to pieces. You're great. Looking forward to your 10 o'clock show later on this morning and your show next Saturday, Brian, in Newark, New Jersey. No, it's not. We moved it to December to deconflict with you. <laughs> Everyone was coming to see you and your book signing. So now I'm moving it to. Uh, we're moving it. Uh, we're moving it to December. No, It'll is be that my true? Last show instead of my first show. No, is that yeah. really? Tr- oh, it is true. Okay. <laughs> You're the best. Hey, listen, have a good yeah, time. Yeah, I though. can't do it. <laughs> That's funny. People are coming to Michael's next Saturday for the book December signing. 12th. Okay, December 12th. We'll be there. Thank you for uh, doing this this morning. Have a uh, great show later on today. Have a great weekend. Enjoy your trip to Louisiana. We'll do it again real soon, Brian. I love you, pal. Thank you. Back at you, Sid. Uh, keep killing it. Go get him. My man, Brian Kilmeade, of course, 10 o'clock every morning, right after me and Bernie here on ABC, does a great show, Fox and Friends, on the weekends on Fox, author he, and great baseball guy, too. He does it all, Brian Kilmeade, right here on Bernie and Sid. We'll take a short break. More of me right into this. Podcast Network. Oh, yeah, little tramps for you on this Friday disco show, Disco Inferno. 
Molina Sabo's reading my book, and she loves it. Damn right she does. Hey, baseball fans, on behalf of our friends and partners at Veteran Services USA, we are giving away four pairs of tickets. This is actually very, very cool. In the Simon Wiesenthal suite to the game and the ceremony, where Paul O'Neill's number, the great number 21, will be retired this Sunday in the Bronx. The ceremony begins at 11.30 a.m., and the game between the Yankees and the Blue Jays starts at 105. Special catering will be provided for you, Baseball fans out there, this is a game not to miss. Baseball legend Paul O'Neill's number 21 will be retired Sunday against the Blue Jays. All you have to do is go to www.wabcradio.com slash baseball and you're going to pair of tickets to the suite for this big game. Thank you to our friends and partners at Veteran Services USA. This $2,000 value can be yours today. Just go to www.wabcradio.com slash baseball to win a pair of tickets in the Simon Wiesenthal suite to see the big game as legend Paul O'Neill's number 21 Gets retired on Sunday. Special thanks to Brian Kilmeade. Leslie Sunder enjoyed that one. We'll talk to Dr. Mark Siegel, Lydia Serrani, Play Beat Sid, and post pictures of Macedonia Phil naked on Instagram. Hour what? three. What? Of again, this disco again? body on Bernie. We're <laughs> not doing this again, Sid. <laughs> We're coming right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Can't get to the boat. She starts moaning. Oh, oh God, I love that part. If I'm at a club and I hear that, I just, I don't know what I do. I think I, think I go to the bathroom and, uh, how about those Mets? 805 on your Friday. I call, I call the authorities. <laughs> <laughs> on your Friday morning, people love it when Brian Kilmeade is on with me on the station. They love it. And, and they should. He's great. And, of course, he's coming up at uh, 10 o'clock. Dr. Mark Siegel, hopefully here at 840. Lydia's coming up next. Lydia Serrani. I have, let me see this. I'm not even kidding. I think I have 400 messages, 400 since 6 a.m. from people that love the Disco Friday theme. 
Now, the problem is they message me, a lot of them are direct message on my Instagram account, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, and I can't answer them right away. And I apologize. Uh, I will answer all of them, and I read every one of them. I read every one of them, but um, I just don't have time to do it. If it's three or four, it's one thing, but uh, there are hundreds, hundreds of people that love this. Now, that's not going to stop a couple of jack-offs on Twitter. Get Bernie back right away. What is Sid doing with this goddamn show, playing disco and talking about his cocaine? Nobody cares about Sid. His dumpy wife and his dumb kids and his stupid book and his acting. Nobody cares. I know that guy. Yeah, that's like three of those guys, you know. At least. Yeah, maybe five. Uh, that's why the show's number one, with Bernie, of course. But uh, they still, uh, that's why, I, I, you know, Twitter, it just, I laugh. Like, Danielle came home yesterday, and I'm, I'm, I'm standing, holding my iPad, and I'm laughing. And she goes, what are you laughing at? I go, these, these people on Twitter, they do. I mean, I just can't imagine being so miserable that somebody else's success bothers them so much. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine that. I'm like that a little <laughs> bit, I know, yeah. You know, you know, God, I hate you. I really do. I just was right about you. The irony is <laughs> yeah. lost. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do tend to get jealous, too. You're right. What could I tell you? Who's listening to that idiot? I'm on the air. <laughs> oh, Nobody God. does it better than me, you jerk-offs. What is wrong with all of you? <laughs> Fine. I've said that once or twice. It's not a. It's not a, a, a daily, or is it a daily thing? Maybe, maybe it is. I don't know. What is it, Lou? It's like an hourly thing almost. <laughs> okay, fine. And not here, All right. so it's getting even more frequent. Today is a, a very casual Friday. Uh, usually every day, I dress very nicely, very nicely. Uh, all kinds of beautiful Joseph Abood clothing. My buddy Anthony at the garage. I buy shirts and jackets and slacks there. My dear friend Gene Geneva custom made shirts. I buy my shirts from him. Today I just I couldn't have it. I was out late last night, like I said, with Danielle, Abe, and Rachel at Wits, uh, listening to disco and eating. I got home at ten o'clock last night. What I did next is none, none of your business. But I got to tell you, it was really good. And um, and so this morning when I woke up at three o'clock, I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. So I threw on a pair of jeans. A pair of flip-flops. I'm not even wearing socks today. And a gray sweatshirt. And when I posted my pre-show video, nobody cares about your stupid videos. Get Bernie back at Rosenberg.Sydney. A lot of people were like, oh, my God, look how cute you like. It's dress-down day. And, and I'm going to do this now, I think, more, more, than, uh, more than just today, I think. I don't know. Maybe every Friday. And then it's not a new thing. I mean, every office in the city has uh, casual Fridays. I know that. But um, I may start to do that now on a regular basis. I don't know. I'm comfortable. I feel good. And um, I don't have to worry about a starchy shirt or a jacket. And you guys didn't seem all that offended. So, and you guys dress like that every day. No, I can't wear what you're. How wearing many? Every how many day. rock and roll T-shirts do you have, uh, Lewis? I I grab whatever the heck is clean closest yeah. to me when I wake up. How do you dress like every morning? It is and look so beautiful. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> not what I was going to say. But <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm... you look good. I I, I feel I, like I'm I, impressed. I thank you. I feel like I owe that to the uh, to the audience and to the station. I just. You know, I just, that's kind of the way I present myself. I think that's why I've had a lot of success the last couple of years, too. Yeah, it's due to your jackets. That's definitely yeah, true. Yeah, they take yeah. notice. They absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You idiots, look how good I look. <laughs> Although I will tell you, Eric Adams, the mayor of this city, that dipstick, he dresses uh, every bit as nicely as I do. Difference is, I'm great at my job and he's horrible. But he was out there yesterday uh, talking about crime. You know, if you look at the, um, the cover of today's New York Post, it reads travesty, and there's three different still pictures of an actual video of this 55-year-old guy, this lowlife, 
who sucker punched some other guy. The other guy's in a coma. The same guy that sucker punched the guy also was arrested for rape, raping a 17-year-old many, many years ago. So he raped a young girl. He knocked the guy out, put the guy in a coma. And where do you think he is today? Not jail. Not jail. It's almost, it's unfathomable. A couple of days removed now from the cabbie being murdered, and you know that those kids are not going to serve any time. They're not going to. This is the city that Kathy Hochul, that Heasty, that Cousins have built. And Eric Adams does go out there and complain. But again, at the risk of saying the same thing over and over again, usually Bernie says this, until he starts to name and shame and he starts to scream names, hey, Heasty, hey, Stuart Cousins, hey, Hochul. The fact that he talks about these situations and he seems upset and not nearly upset enough. Even when you hear his voice, he seems to be in control. He needs to be out of control, pissed. Like, out of He's not. He's very measured, speaks at a very nice, nice pace, nice tone, and doesn't name anybody. And he did it again yesterday. Here's Eric Adams, cut three. The people of this city, they want to support police. They want safe streets. Uh, They want to make sure people who are part of the uh, catch-release-repeat system don't continue to hurt innocent New Yorkers. And I challenge lawmakers all over the country. What laws have we passed in the last 10 years that protected innocent New Yorkers? We passed a lot of laws for people who commit crimes. But I just want to see what are the list of laws we pass that deals with a New Yorker who was the victim of a crime. New Yorker? Yeah, so uh, somebody grabbed a video here. Hey, uh, Bill, where is this video from these two New Yorkers? Oh, the New York Post. There you go. Thank you, Phil. Uh, Two New Yorkers on the street telling the New York Post that uh, they're very nervous about what's going on in the city. This is cut four. Because the police is afraid of getting involved nowadays. People do whatever they want. I feel safe in my neighborhood, but much less so around here, especially Midtown, where I have to come to work. So those two guys, very nervous to come to work in Midtown. I work in Midtown every day. Uh, You know that, of course. I'm not really nervous. I'm not going to lie. I'm not nervous. It's a beautiful building. It's a really nice neighborhood. Again, I do see some, quote-unquote, undesirables when I make the walk to Grand Central every day. But, you know, I'm, I'm, um, I can handle myself. I think. You know, I, think, I don't know. I'm sure guys a lot bigger and stronger than me have uh, gotten their asses kicked and gotten mugged and robbed and, and uh, taken advantage of. But um, I think I can handle myself. And for the most part, it's a nice neighborhood. And maybe I'm just kidding myself. I don't know. But those two guys, they work very, very close to where I work. And they don't seem, uh, and they seem much more nervous now. Kathy Hochul had the opportunity yesterday to talk about crime, talk, but she didn't. Instead, she decided let's talk about infrastructure, bragging about all the infrastructure work that she's done, which I don't really see. I mean, is, uh, has there been a uh, a tremendous improvement in infrastructure? It looks great. Just look it, outside. It, it does. Have you seen the BQE? It is it's a mess. Immaculate. Oh, that's what I meant. What about Ben Wick? What about that thing? It's a yeah. mess. Yep. I blame Wick. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Awful. It is. Nothing it's... is getting fixed. Wait, it's the Van Wick or the Van Wyke? I know Joe Nolan always corrects me. 
Well, we'll have to check. With yeah, him. I forgot already. He, he says the Van Wyke. He says the Van Wyke, right? Because he, he he claims the Van Wyke family. Yeah, he said you know like he talked to the family about. It. I think he's. I hope I'm not saying the complete opposite. I'm pretty sure he says Van. Wyke. I, I think no. I think you're right. Yeah, he's, it's one of the two. It's a, but the the story you told is right. He knows the family. I guess they're an important New York family. Well, they so, should have made a better road. Or I something. know exactly. <laughs> and and <laughs> and, and, and the the construction which is going on for years. And I mean, God forbid. My daughter had to get to Kennedy Airport the other way. She couldn't get there. She couldn't get there. So here's Kathy Hochul while the city is falling apart, beating her chest about the infrastructure cut five. I'm announcing countless infrastructure projects and making sure that we have, you know, get rid of the potholes and fix our streets and our roads and bridges oh, and our she's transportation do it. Yeah. and our public transit. Yeah. But the best investments are not in the physical infrastructure. It is the human infrastructure, oh. investing in human beings. I like that. Yeah, that's nice. Well, human beings are getting their asses kicked all over New York City. How do you feel about that? What what investment has she made in human beings? What what does that mean, uh, Lewis? What am I missing? Well, what what investment has Kathy Hochul made in human beings? I I don't know what she's talking about. Do you? No. Uh, Liz Cheney, not a good week for Liz Cheney. I thought Bill O'Reilly yesterday had one of the smartest answers I've ever heard. When I said to him, he said, "You know, Donald Trump is uh, you know feeling the effects." I said, "How do you know?" How do you know? There's no election today for Donald Trump. Why? Because I say it, or Bernie says it, or it doesn't mean anything. How do you know that Donald Trump is really having a great week? And he said, and I quote two words, Liz Cheney. And he's right. Liz Cheney won with a resounding 73% of the vote in Wyoming two years ago. She spent the last two years caught up on January 6th and bad-mouthing Donald Trump, and she got her ass Kicked, losing by 30 points on Tuesday. That was a brilliant answer, Donald Trump, by Bill O'Reilly. Here we've got the actual audio of her leaving the, the concession speech to Harriet Hagman in Wyoming on Tuesday, where once again Hagman wiped the floor with Liz Cheney. This is cut number six. Hi, Harriet. Liz Cheney calling. It's uh, about 8.13 on uh, Tuesday the 16th. I'm calling to concede the election. Uh, and uh, to, uh, to congratulate you on the win. Thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, my God. Thanks. Bye-bye. How was that? Was that good stuff by Liz Cheney? I mean, she is so despicable, my God. But I, I never really liked her father either. I, I always liked Bush. I really liked 41. You were there that day, Lewis, when 41 came in. To the old FAN studios in Astoria and gave me the presidential couplings and took pictures with me, Michelle wow. Salvatore. The you were there George that Bush. day. That's right. Yeah, you were there. Yeah. I always liked for He you. gave you that. Wow. Yeah, and I lost him at the Super Bowl like a moron in Atlanta. I lost <laughs> or, one. I've got or you one. Them. <laughs> I know, yeah, I probably did. I don't even remember. Uh, and I liked 43 too. I did. But of course, the whole Iraq thing turned out to be a disaster. Anyway, uh, Lydia Reports is coming up next. Then maybe Dr. Mark Siegel will play Beat Sit as well. But it is 8.17 on this Friday morning, which means we're coming up on the Lou Dobbs Business Report. More of me right after this. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. I'm Lou Dobbs. Wall Street looking to build on modest late-week gains. Unemployment filings edged lower last week, and Fed leaders have differing opinions on rate hikes. Those stories next. 
A recession may be ahead, retirement accounts especially vulnerable. If you want to protect your future, call the precious metal dealers at American Hartford Gold. They're the highest rated firm in the field with an A-plus rating and thousands of satisfied clients. They'll suggest ways to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. All it takes to get started is a short phone call, and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. Tell them Lou Dobbs sent you. They'll give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. So call them now. Call 866-611-1277 or text Lou, L-O-U, to 998899. Again, that's 866 611 or text Lou to 998899. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Mixed retail results hindering Wall Street's summer revival. Stocks flat yesterday despite signs of a comeback. Investors still mulling earnings heading into today's session. Fewer Americans filed for unemployment benefits last week. The Labor Department reported 250,000 total jobless claims for the week, 10,000 below Wall Street's target and down 2,000 from the previous week. The labor market remains resilient despite high interest rates. St. Louis Fed President James Bullard says he's leaning toward another 75 basis point rate hike next month. Bullard told the Wall Street Journal the central bank has a long way to go to get inflation near targets. Meanwhile, Kansas City Fed President Esther George is more cautious. She wants a rate hike of 50 basis points. Deering Company reporting quarterly results. Wall Street expecting revenue to remain flat. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Sid, imagine that while at work, having to endure being spit on, berated, and racist tirades against you every single day. For many NYPD cops, this is their reality. Take a listen to what happened to this one African-American cop. His partner is a Hispanic woman. They're trying to give a ticket to some guy in the Bronx because he was riding his moped on the sidewalk, and he's being called the N-word, you name it. She's also getting some nasty comments her way. Take a listen. Keep it going, bitch. Keep it going. Keep it going. Man. You got nothing better to do, man. You ain't no man, son. Take your up. Take your vest off and throw your back to the side, man. And square off with a real. You ain't real, man. You so lame. Take that card, Nick. Take this, this license plate right here. Jeez. That guy calling him the N-word, by the way, no. is not black. No. He's not black. No. And the cop is a black guy. And he I just the way he was able to withstand it, it was a young, you know, young guy and just working hard. And I, I don't know. Like how much more can people take? Because uh, cops are human too. And you're somebody spitting on you, calling you the N-word. Yeah, I mean, but that, that's, how do you now turn around right, and punch him in the face? He should be able to. I mean, I understand. I There's Why, no... How is that legal? Well, it is because they don't, they don't have any immunity here, the other cops. But, they, you know, that guy should be allowed at that point to turn around, like you said, and punch that mother effer across the face. Just knock him out. And, as long, and uh, by the way, as long as cops stand there and take that type of abuse publicly, people will continue to want uh, to do it because to them it's a big game. Look at me. I'm a real tough guy. I'm going to F with this cop, and he or she ain't going to do nothing about it. It's ridiculous. 
right? And who do you think is posting the video? The guy doing the racist tirade. Of course. But like, what I don't understand is, okay, the head of the union, right? Say if I go to work and somebody says to me something racist or nasty or whatever every single day, that's illegal. I could file a lawsuit. Why don't these cops file some sort of lawsuit the union? Because they shouldn't have to endure these type of working conditions. And the reason the criminals are acting like this is because of the legislators that have emboldened them. As you mentioned, the guy that got sucker punched in, in, in the Bronx just standing there. And the guy is a sex offender. And he, he punches him in the head. The guy's now in a coma. And they just let him walk free they yep. reduced the charge from an attempted murder to a misdemeanor so that's why criminals like yeah i can curse a cop out i can call him the n-word i can do whatever i want i could punch this guy in the head i can kill him and and they'll just let me go free no i know that's why i can't believe when i have these discussions with people who go can lee zeldin really win i go i mean i understand that the numbers are against us but you're telling me and, and they must exist. There must be decent people who are Democrats. There must be. Maybe not politicians, but civilians. You're going to tell me that they see these stories, they see these stories, and they're still going to vote for Kathy Hochul because she's pro-choice? I'm pro-choice, too. What is that? You're going to, you're going to, you're going to vote for somebody based on that when we have incidents like this happening on our streets every single day? It's hard for me to believe, Lydia. It is hard to believe. And, you know, when Roe v. Wade was overturned in the country, what happened was it didn't make abortion illegal. It just said it's not a federal right. Right. Back I know. To but, I gotta, but I got to okay. hear every day. What about that poor girl that got raped in Cincinnati who can't afford a $200 airfare to New York City? Well, I felt badly for that. Believe me, I do. But you can't make laws based on that girl. You've got to make laws in the interest of the majority of the people. I agree with you. And so when that when that happened, I was one of the few people that said, listen, as a woman, and I have a lot of friends, I'm here in New York City, most of them are Democrats, independents, moderates, and they're like, hey, you know, I don't want the government saying what I could do with my body. And then I'll, I'll say, well, in New York, you could kill your baby up until nine months. They're like, I don't care. I'm not going to vote Republican. I'm not going to vote for somebody that does that, this and that. And that's what concerns me with the Republican Party, because they, we, your base is going to vote for you regardless. The radical Democrats are going to vote for the, for AOCs. And then you're going to have, you know, the radical Republicans vote. What we, what the Republicans and the Democrats have to worry about are the moderates, the independents, the undecided and those people could go either way and it's stuff like outlawing abortion all the way you, you know to the point where you just said that a little girl that's raped or whatever i mean these these are major issues that i feel like there should have been some sort of compromise done there should have been some sort of compromise now me personally i am pro-life i do not like abortion all these things but it, you have to think about everybody you know you can't just rule on how you feel about something you have to rule on what's good for the entire population of people right. and, and again, it's unfortunate and again, with ba their ba hearts and not their minds back to the Supreme Court ruling even and we've been over this a million times even Ruth Bader Ginsburg said bad law bad law so when the group gets together and calls themselves Ruth sent us no she didn't she's gone actually God rest her soul but she said from the very beginning this was bad law and I just used abortion as an example because 
Democrats, you know, believe differently than we do on certain social topics. So they do agree with Kathy on those, but those social topics are not the ones that keep New Yorkers safe, that keep New Yorkers economically okay. All the real important stuff, right? And when I say important, not that abortion's not, not that gay rights are not, but the stuff that really makes you survive on a daily basis, she's destroying, destroying this city and this state. How in the world she's going to beat Lee Zeldin, I don't know. But don't kid yourself, she's going to be the favorite no matter what. I agree with you 100%. We got to take our state back. Could you imagine if that was, uh, you know, my father, your father that got slugged in the head by some Uh, random sex maniac fiends or whatever, and then they just let him walk free? I know. My God. And then that cab driver, they now just arrested a teenage girl. So they arrested two guys, a teenage girl. They beat him to death, the father of four. And what are they going to do to those kids? I nothing. can guarantee you nothing. nothing. You're exactly nothing. right. What is what is your favorite uh, disco song ever? What when Lydia is at the club and this song goes disco. on, you just go, uh, you know, uh, nuts. You go Albanian nuts. What's your favorite disco song? Disco. Yes. I, I mean, I. I wasn't born in the seventh. What is that? Um, Come on, you go to you go to staying alive. What about staying alive? Staying alive. Oh, Bee Gees. All right, that's a classic. I don't know. Like one. I don't know the set. I love I love John Travolta. I love that that movie was really good. I mean, it was. It, it's like a staple. That 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 was an amazing. Oh, so I didn't movie. I, 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 I yes. say that's who I wanted to be, Tony Manero, my whole life. That movie was great. It was a great movie, Saturday yes. Night Fever. That so soundtrack. Tonight- that soundtrack by the Bee Gees for that movie. You could make the very, very legitimate argument is still the best movie soundtrack ever. And this oh, one, Lydia, this goes yeah. out to you, baby. Come there on. There you go. I know Five you're up in Westchester right now. CDs, cats at night. Oh, I'm like strutting down, going to get my slice of pizza. How you doing? So five o'clock, John gets me CDs tonight. You don't want to miss it. I want to rock. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Sid, Bernie should be back on Monday. That's um, that looks pretty good. So we uh, wrap up the rest of what's been a really great week, and the phones have been open all morning long. We've had some really good conversations with Lydia Bryant, Kilmeade, Doctor Mark Siegel may still stop by. We'll play Beat Sid next hour. Your chance at cash and prizes. But uh, right at the very top of the show, we open with um, Donna Summer, Last Dance, and I spoke about how last night I went for this uh, really nice dinner with my beautiful wife, Danielle, and her law partner, Abraham, and he's got a lovely wife, Rachel, to a place called Wits End in Rockaway. The guy's a great cook with, and uh, he's, he's got a DJ on Thursday nights. We couldn't even hear each other speak. It was that loud. That's fine. And the music was great. It was all disco. And I'm like, man, that just put me in a real, like, I was in a great mood last night, sitting there eating my shark, and I'm dancing, and I decided this morning I would bring that 
to the radio show, and I'm getting just bombarded. I'm not exaggerating. Bombarded with messages from people that love it. They're like, oh, man, this is putting me in such a good mood. Instead of the usual Biden, Adams, Hochul bashing, which we're still doing. We're still doing that, mind you. But uh, people like the, uh, the positive dance uplifting, especially on a Friday, getting ready for the, well, one of the last two or three, uh, three, I should say, summer weekends. That's it. I did have shark last night. Never had it before. Never. And I loved it. You know, I, was, I was worried it may be like chewy, but this guy's such a good cook. It really wasn't. It was a very tasty whitefish. You ever have a shark, Lou? Uh, that is a no. Have you, have you, but you go to Wit's End, right? It's right by your house. I, I haven't been to Wit's End. Are you serious? No, I'm joking around. I've uh, been there about uh, 2,000 times. I, I figured no, that. I've never been there. And you love it there, too? Like, I love it there. I love it. It, it looks Hold weird on. on the outside. Why is um, Ava calling me? Hold on. Keep talking. Okay. Hey, well, I'm well it looks... It looks pretty interesting. Shark's good. Yeah, it does look good. Okay. I've had shark before. It's pretty good. Okay. Well, you're a wacko. You eat anything. No, I like shark, Sid. I've had it before. It's pretty good. Oh, you do like shark, too? Yeah. No, I never had it before. I thought it was great. Here is Dave in Huntington. He's on line three. Good morning, David. How are you? Hey, Sid. uh, Great job. We miss Bernie, but, man, you can really carry a show. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I got some. I know you're saving the best for last, so thank you. I got a couple of funny stories about nightclubs. So my father-in-law used to be a bartender, uh, and he owned a nightclub out in the Hamptons called the Mad Hatter. And uh, he used to work at Marrakesh, which is like the Studio 54 of the East. Yes, yep. You know it. Yes. So my wife worked there. She actually served Donald Trump there, believe it or not. but he had, and you'd love this story. I don't know the guy's name. It was Jets, uh, like a linebacker, tough guy, you know, some Italian linebacker, shirt down to the navel, you know, big chain. And no, you're, t- you're, talking about, Mark- you're talking about not linebacker, Mark Gaston of the defensive lineman. It might, yeah, it might have been him. You're talking about when he, when he lost the, um, the, um, the arm wrestle? No, no, no. Oh, okay. There was another guy who was older than that. This was back in the 70s. Oh, and, okay. Uh, okay. Anyway, he was giving the club a lot of trouble, and my father-in-law was a tough guy. He was a, uh, a four-time black belt and a rugby player. Anyway, a professional rugby player. They're like, hey, listen, John, can you come and, you know, we need a, a head bouncer. He's like, nope, I work alone. I'll do it. So he basically straightened that club out, you know, got that guy on the side, said, listen, we're going to both make a lot of blood here if we fight. But <laughs> the guy backed off. He did all that stuff. He used to work at TGI Fridays in Manhattan, the first one on first and like 59. Yeah, that, that was the first one. Life. Yeah, it's funny because, and thank you for the phone call and the kind words, Dave. My, um, my first, yes, my first foray into the restaurant business was Fridays. I was a waiter at the very first Fridays ever in Sheepshead Bay on Knapp Street by the movie theater. And um, then, of course, when I went to rehab down in Boca Raton, Florida, and couldn't find a job, I ended up working at a place called L&N Seafood, which is in the town center mall in Boca. And I did that for a while. And then my beautiful wife, Danielle, she, um, she knew I was miserable and she was sad for me. And uh, she became aware of a, of a brand-new business, online sports. And I've talked about this before. This was before ESPN.com, FoxSports.com, any one of these sites for sports 
And it was a little company off of Cypress Creek Road in Fort Lauderdale called Sportsline USA, started by a guy named Mike Levy, who's a genius and a multimillionaire. And he brought in a couple of big wigs from New York, Ross Levinson, Mark Mariani. And he had this website, 64,000 pages of sports information. And as uh, the months went on, they added... Uh, different other uh, sites to the website, a gambling website, a fantasy site, all these things. And now that has become CBS.com. And I was there in the early days. I had stock options, but it was all brand new. Never became a millionaire. Bought one house because of it. Never became a millionaire. But Danielle got me that job, got me out of the restaurant business. So I worked at a Friday, Fridays as well in uh, in Sheepshead Bay. one 800 848 WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Your club memories. It is Friday. Friday night, always a big night. So whether it's New Jersey or Brooklyn or Long Island, the Funhouse, the Underground, Xenon, Bedrocks, the Palladium, it doesn't matter. We want to hear from you. Phones are open right up until 10 o'clock this morning when the when the show is over, obviously. So the uh, one of the big stories yesterday, I've, I've talked about it a couple of times this morning, was uh, Brian Stelter is out. yes. Brian Stelter, one of the real, and I mean real, media criminals. When I say criminal, he hasn't broken the law, but he's lied for years. Do you know that Brian Stelter had the longest-running show on CNN up until yesterday? Nine years. And the name of his show, again, as I mentioned earlier, reliable sources for a guy that was completely unreliable. That's the beauty, the irony of the whole Brian Stelter story. But they finally got rid of the fat bastard yesterday, and he's done. Now, I don't know if somebody else offered him a job. I don't know. But he had a nice long run at CNN. And for months, he has been scrutinized, and uh, they've talked about firing him. And I read this morning that he read all that stuff, and he would be a misery to work with. A misery, because he knew that the end was coming. He wasn't exactly sure when. He knew it was coming, and it finally came yesterday. So all the guys at Fox News obviously had a good time with that, starting with the late-night comedian, Greg Gutfeld. This is our cut number 13. Here's what he had to say about the firing of Brian Stelter. And the press were so quiet on CNN, you could hear Stelter's stomach growling. I can't control myself. Just like Brian Stelter at Krispy Kreme. Like Brian Stelter <laughs> trapped in a Frito-Lay warehouse. Oh, come on. They eat everything from the inside. Like butter at Brian Stelter's dinner table, it's spreading everywhere. No heartfelt birthday wishes from CNN's chubby, grubby Teletubby. CNN's roly-poly gossip goalie. But anyone who thinks that boobs are more common in women than in men clearly have never seen Brian Stelter jogging. (laughs) That worked out about as well as Brian Stelter's personal trainer. But hey, let's cut Brian some slack. He's got a lot on his plate right now. (laughs) There you have it. Uh, Greg Gutfeld. Now on a more serious note, uh, the guy that's on before Greg, 9 o'clock every weeknight, a friend of mine and Bernard's, of course, uh, the very talented Sean Hannity, he had this to say about Stelter's termination. Lewis, this is cut number 14. Now, at the same time, he was breathlessly pushing lies, conspiracy theories, and hoaxes like the Russian hoax, and dismissed the Hunter Biden laptop story as a manufactured scandal. Now, despite all of this, I may surprise some of you. Humpty, I don't like seeing Humpty. anyone get fired. I wish you the very best in your future endeavors. 
probably at Media Matters. And like all the other on-air hosts at CNN, I do have some advice. Stop being dishonest. You know, stop the journalist charade. You're not a journalist. No. Just admit you're what I am. You're a member of the, of the press. You're a talk show host. Admit to your truth and your reality in woke terms so you understand it. You're not a journalist. You're a talk show host. Now, by the way, Humpty needs to own his truth that he is a liberal <laughs> who's obsessed with Fox and hates Fox. But we still wish him the best. We know he'll be watching us obsessively. A very gracious Sean Hannity talking about Humpty Brian Stelter, who is out of a job at CNN. John Tobacco, host of Wise Guys on Newsmax, a personal friend of mine. He says, nothing compared to the Bay Club, most epic Guido fights you've ever seen. That's true. Bay Club in, uh, in Brooklyn. And I was there quite a bit, too. But again, I, uh, I was the original Eugene out of Brooklyn, New York. Let's go to uh, Pat Coney Island. This can't be true. Pat Line 1. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, Sid. I, uh, I bounced four years at the underground. No way. Come on. Oh, yeah. What I years? TJ Batley. What? I ended up at TJ Batley. No, but what, what, what years, what years, what years were you at the underground? What years were you at the underground? Oh, uh, I'd say like 85 to 90. That's when I was there. Oh, my Give God. Give or take. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. I worked the back door. But you had said you went on Friday nights. Friday night was reggae night, as I remember. No, no, no. I, 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 so it was I, mostly a black crowd. No, Saturday no. Saturday night was the disco No, it, night. Was, it wasn't always uh, reggae. I remember when it became reggae nights, it wasn't always yeah. reggae nights. Right, yeah. right, right. Oh, I my God. I was four years, and then, like I said, then I moved to T.J. Bentley's and worked at T.J. Bentley's. Another place what that I went to all the time. Yeah, no, I love T.J. Bentley. Thank you for the phone call, Pat. And uh, Danielle and I used to go there together in Bensonhurst quite a bit. But I used to go to the clubs with Joe Iovine, and Underground was our Friday night spot before, like you said, they went to reggae. Johnny is up by my mom in Sullivan County, online too. Where are you, in Monticello? How are you, uh, uh, Sid? I moved up here from Queens years ago. I'm in actually just below that. I drive past i'm on 17b all the time and i pass that area where i believe your your grandma lives um, no, no, my mother my mother's up there she's off oh, your ex- mom i'm sorry yeah she's yeah. on exit 104 where are you i'm on exit 110 off 17 sure sure it's beautiful up here this time oh of year. so you're by you're by mountaindale that's correct sir yes yes very nice very nice you got a great show Sid, and you're Thank definitely you. holding the fort with bernie not there Thank um you. It's funny you talk about TGI Friday because I just got done washing dishes there last night. I work in the place right across from the um, outback that you, I think, go to in uh, Middletown. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's funny that you bring up TGI because there was the one on 63rd and 1st Avenue the days I drove a taxi cab in the 1980s. But anyway, you got other clubs. Do you remember Club Iguana on Park Avenue? They had a large. Well, I, 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 I used it. to go there in, in that era. I would go to Iguana, which was on Twenty Second and Park, something like that. Cafe right. Society, Rascals, all those right. were on the East Side, right there, uh, Johnny. Right. Yep. And you had the Saint, which is down in the East Village. You had Mars, yep. of course, seen on. But as far as your friend's argument with Brooklyn, don't forget Pastels and Bay Ridge. Yeah, no, I brought that up again uh, just for the at the risk of repetition. But one of my best friends, thank you for the call, Johnny, at Poly Prep, was a kid named Gary Hanna. It was me, Joe Tacopina, uh, Danny Fogliano, whose father ran the Fulton Fish Market, Frank, and Gary Hanna's father, Al Hanna, was one of the owners of Pastels in Brooklyn. And Gary Hanna's brother, 
And I forget if it's Mark or Stephen, was the guy that uh, Matthew McConaughey played in the movie Wolf of Wall Street. He was the guy that introduced uh, Jordan Belfort to cocaine and the stock market, all part of the Hanna family, a very exciting family. Here is uh, Sammy in Howard County on line three. Hello, Sammy. How about Howard Beach, not Howard County? I'm, I'm your next-door neighbor, basically. I was going to say this, uh, you know, Phil, Howard Beach, of course, Cross Bay Boulevard, of course. Of course, of course. Now, listen, I mean, you, you may have returned to Queens now. You're living here. But I remember you 30, 35 years ago, you were in a place called Butterfingers in Howard Beach. Oh, my God. I was. You know what's funny about that, Sam? I was there the night, Butterfingers, all the way down, the night that James Buster Douglas beat Mike Tyson. And a guy yeah, walked up to me. Fight. I was there that night. And a guy walked up to me and he goes, oh, my God. And he used a very derogatory word, not the N-word, but the word the Italians use to describe a black person. He goes, oh, my God, the blank lost. And I go, wait a second. There are two black guys in the ring. It's Douglas taking on Tyson. He goes, no, but the famous one. <laughs> yeah, I got you. But, I mean, that, that place was, uh, you know, for a small local place, had a lot of lot of notoriety, yes. you know, for its cast of characters. If you get my drift, I do, <laughs> I do. Hey, by the way, you know what's a good place, Sammy? Do you still live in Howard Beach right now? Yeah, I called you a couple of months ago. I want you to come out here to dinner, uh, Bruno's. And uh, I, I, I've not been able to get through. What's a good place? Tell uh, me. I tell you where we go on Fridays once in a while. A place called Phanasia. And uh, thank you for the call, Sammy. They've got great. Great, uh, what's it called? Um, the Japanese food, the sushi. It's called Phanasia, and it's actually closer to the Rockaway section on Cross Bay Boulevard when you like first get into Queens. Very, very good place, Phanasia. Here is Chris in Bethpage. I think it's my buddy Chris McGlynn, line four. Hey, Chris. It is indeed your buddy, Chris McGlynn. How uh, are you, Chris? Great, great talking about. Thanks. You know, I really wish Bernie with that. We always want Bernie there, obviously, but. Right. You know, I grew up in Long Island, and I heard you guys talking about this a little while ago. I don't know if you ever went out there, but the Bordy Barn on Sunday afternoon. I never went there. I know the place. I never went there, though. No, no. All right, because that place was the craziest place ever. From 4 to 6 on a Sunday afternoon, they had 25-cent beers, and they probably had about 2,500 people in there drinking 25-cent beers, which just led to all kinds of craziness oh, as you can imagine like, oh people God. getting thrown out many a time oh, yeah. but as far as long island goes i grew up in long island me and my friends we used to go to always places that had bands like solomon grundy's in rockville center or or the dublin pub in uh in new hyde park so and the I'm dublin just saying, pub yeah that's famous yes yep and what happened is in the city when we go in the city, we'd always go into the underground, always. Yeah, and, there uh, you go, the underground, yeah. too. That was a big spot. Thank you. Thank you, Chris, for checking in. One more quick call. Al is in New Hyde Park online one. Good morning, Al. Hey, Sid. Good morning. Uh, big fan of you guys. You kill it every day. The reason I called is I was one of New York City's first nightclub DJs. Started in September 1972. Wow. Did it for 10 years. And, Sid, it was a magical time. But talking about Long Island, I also was the DJ at Speaks in Island Park. Oh, I remember Speaks. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. Where, where did you My start, first... though? Where did you start in 72? I started I started at a place called the Envoy East on 44th Street between 1st and 2nd Avenue. Wow. And it was just a magical time. It was amazing. Uh, I worked at many different clubs. 
You know, I got to say, the, the 70s, and I know we were just coming off Vietnam, obviously, and we had some some issues. And the late 70s, of course, with Jimmy Carter was a mess. But that, that mid-70s, that summer of 77 here in New York with the blackout, Son of Sam, the Yankees, Presley died that year. That era was, uh, was such, a, such a wild, fun era, was it not? Oh, it was amazing. And, and Sid, I also wanted to mention that when you guys were bringing up Joe Causey a few months ago, Joe's a good friend of mine, and I host MC shows with him. I don't do it for a compensation. I do it for fun. And in September, we got a big show at the St. George Theater. Man, it would be great for you to come as a guest. Oh, I love Joe Causey, yes. Okay. Let's, yeah, Joe's uh, a good guy. He MCs yes. the show. I usually introduce Joe. Yes. Okay. Let's see. Let's see if we can make that happen. Thank you for the phone call. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. All right. Champagne King. Shane, wrapping up hour number three. One more hour to go. And then uh, you get to your weekend. Talk Radio 77 WABC. We are Bernie and Sid. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Last hour of the week, Bernie and Sid, you guys have been great today, this listening audience. We don't do this often, Bernie and I. In fact, very rarely do we give the listeners the opportunity to talk this much. But uh, I'm tired, (laughs) to be honest. Uh, I know Bernie's sick, but I'm tired. And it's a Friday, and it's still the summer. And a lot of you folks are in that uh, weekend mood. And, um, you know, we, we tend to regurgitate the same stories and opinions over and over and over again, which I've still done today. You've got plenty of Eric Adams on this show today, plenty of Kathy Hochul on this show today, plenty of Donald Trump on this show today, a couple of great interviews. But um, I just figured it's a Friday and let's have a little more fun, right? So, I mean, a lot of the people that listen to this program are my age, you know, in the 50s and their 60s. We don't uh, necessarily appeal to a lot of 30-year-olds. That's a fact. And uh, all of you guys that have been all morning long, very active on my social media, at Rosenberg.Sydney. That's my Instagram, Twitter, at Sid Rosenberg, Facebook, Sid Rosenberg. Are loving uh, this show and having fun with it. So that's what's my intention at 6 a.m., and it's worked, I can tell you that. Um, we may get Dr. Mark Siegel at some point this hour. Of course, you know the big story yesterday, the CDC. And I don't know why, but for some reason... For some reason, the government and establishments and businesses and organizations still listen to the CDC. 
when it comes to um when it comes to guidelines. And the CDC, George V, 100%, yes, you can, yes, my man George, to the answer your text, yes. Um, and the CDC came out yesterday and said, let me tell you something, we uh, bungled just about everything. They admitted what I've said, and Bernie, what we've said, uh, but I've been louder about it, uh, for months, for years. Well, the CDC guidelines, Why? What have they gotten right? What have they done well to earn that respect over the COVID period? Whether it was the CDC, the WHO, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Burks, they all sucked a big one. All of them. None of those people got my respect. And to be honest, and I made a lot of my uh, neighbors very angry, I didn't listen to any of them. If you told me to put a mask on, I didn't. I didn't care because I knew you didn't know what the hell you were talking about. And now they've admitted. Forget about what I think. They've admitted they're a mess. So what Dr. Mark Siegel may come on and talk about that this hour. We've been over the outdoor sheds. It looks like the ones that are not active right now with open restaurants may be going away. People don't like them anyway. They find them to be a haven for drug users, homeless, people having sex, a blight. On New York City, so they may go away. I don't know. When I lived in the city, I used to tend to sympathize with business owners who needed those sheds to operate their businesses. Because COVID, let me tell you some folks. A lot of these small businesses and restaurants and bars in New York, they're still not back. They're still not back. They need all the help they can get, and the government sends more money to places like oh, I don't know, Ukraine, than to Sheepshead Bay. Right, our restaurants are dying, holding on by a fingernail. They can't get a penny from the government, but the government will send $40 billion to the Ukraine. So I I sympathize with these people, and I was okay with these outdoor sheds. But I understand the ones that are empty should probably go. That is a, a big story today. And, of course, the FBI raid on Donald Trump's place. That is still demanding a lot of attention. Even um, even though it's almost a week old now. In fact, uh, Trump's lawyer, Alina Haba, this is cut 10, Lewis. She spoke yesterday and she said, don't kid yourself. This all dates back to the Russian hoax. This is the Russia hoax team. This is the same people that are involved there. Strzok, Lisa Page, you know, all these individuals have tainted the FBI. And these are the same individuals that have been going after Donald Trump since the day he came down that escalator and it will not stop as long as he's leading in the polls she's right it's just been one long witch hunt six years hoaxes and it looks like this fbi raid on mar-a-lago is another we'll see the fbi is still sifting through the documents they took from there we're still talking about possibly opening up uh i'm gonna open up uh unsealing unsealing Uh, Some of those documents still waiting maybe on the possibility, although very, very unlikely, of seeing the affidavit. So all these things are still out there. But um, if you're rational about this and don't have a horse in the race one way or the other, you can't help but come to the crashing realization that this is once again, once again, like the Russia hoax, like the Ukraine hoax, like the impeachment hoax, like all these others, January 6th, all this is is mental masturbation, one big try on making sure Donald Trump doesn't run again in 2024. That's all it is. Let me grab some more calls. Debbie, Queens, line six. Good morning, Debbie. 
Good morning, Sid. We love you guys. I mean, adore. Start my day every day with you guys. Thank you. The one place you haven't mentioned is Elephus in Bayside. It was the disco of the 70s. Now, was that was- uh, on Bell Boulevard? Yes, it was. It was on Bell Boulevard. But the problem was you had to get home by 1130 so you could watch John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd and <laughs> Gilda Radner on yeah. Saturday Night Live. I know. Back then, you couldn't miss it. Yep. That crew you and Bill, Bill Murray and then Steve Martin and all yep. those guys. And it yep. certainly changed. But you're right. We, we used to run home to watch that show way back when. Run home to watch it by 1130. Yeah. Yep. So yep. There you go. Wasn't the wild and crazy. It was just fun. Well, thank you for that phone call, time. Debbie. Thank you for that. Uh, my father's name was Harvey. Still is. He's still my dad, Harvey. Harvey is in Long Beach on line 8. Good morning, Harvey. Oh, good morning to you there, Sid. Yeah, I remember a really fun club I used to go to. It was called Shout on 43rd Street. Uh, they played all, all these music there. It was everybody went there, had a good time. Um, but what avenue was that, 43rd? Was it on the east side or the west side? Oh, it was on the west side. Uh, it was right there, Times Square. The actual avenues, maybe between 6th and 7th. It, it was a very good oldies club, and they had a, a toy store downstairs. Oh, wow. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Hey, Charlie Marino checks in. He says uh, that place that Debbie was talking about was on Northern Boulevard, not uh, not Bell Boulevard. But uh, either way, uh, Frankie Kravitz checks in. I've been telling you all year to play more disco. What a great job on this Friday morning. And uh, this lady checks in. And uh, she says, no one calling in for Westchester, the Bronx, from the 70s and 80s. She mentions Peachtree, Marty and Lenny, Lollipop, Second Floor, Milky Way, Side Street. So there you have it. That shout place I was at, that place. Was it good? Yeah, it was just really just 50s music. Oh, 50s? 50s. Yeah, it was old yeah. music. But I mean, that was back when I was in college. I went, a bunch yeah. of people went, hey, we're going to shout. Yeah. <laughs> I used to okay. go to a place in the city also, Lou, called the Peppermint Lounge. Big place. Yeah, they would have wow. like disco on one floor, alternative on the second floor. Transvestites on another yeah, Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I was on that floor quite a bit, yeah, actually, yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I uh, yeah. Is this my buddy Brian Sullivan, Mike's brother? On uh, line four, my man, Brian, what's going on, brother? Sid! How Sid, are you? my friend, yes, it's, it's me, a blast from the past. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. How love are you, Brian? You, love what you're talking about today. There's so many of these great clubs that we went to. Before I get back to clubs, just to hit on what you were talking about, this mayor, don't forget, this mayor gave... De Blasio a B plus rating. Nobody ever mentions that. Oh, you know, you're so right. He, not only not only has he referred to himself as the Biden of Brooklyn, but you're right. Eric Adams correct. actually gave Bill De Blasio a B plus. Excellent job, Brian Sullivan. So he should get that thrown in his face every time he complains about what De Blasio dumped on him and he can't fix. Yeah, so, good point. Getting back to to the great club things, uh, Spring Fellows. I don't know if that's been mentioned. The Bay Club, the Roller Palace. Oh, the Roller Palace. That that Roller Palace, Brian, I love you. Thank you for the phone call. Ended up being a gym. I think it's still a gym, and it's on Sheepshead Bay Road, right when you make the entrance onto the Bell Parkway. And that was a huge deal because roller skating back then, everybody did it. Everybody roller skated. You had the disco music and Roller Palace in Sheepshead Bay right across the street from Wheelers was a, a very big deal. Kravitz is telling me that a place, Elephus in Queens, was actually one of the places that the son of Sam 
talking about the summer of 1977, David Berkowitz, the son of Sam, used to stalk that place. And he did shoot a bunch of his victims, these young girls and guys around that area in Queens. So Frankie is probably correct. Kevin on Staten Island on line three. Good morning, Kevin. Hey, Sid. How are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you? All right. I'm good. Uh, was that you that I seen in the uh, things for Gravesend? Yeah, that's me. You know, I got a huge role yeah, coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, when is that coming out this season two? I believe it'll be out uh, November or December. We're still looking for a home for the show. It looks like probably Netflix, but um, either way, it'll be out uh, later on this fall. It's going to be great. Season two is going to be epic. Yeah, well, season one was pretty good, but yes. it was only four episodes. Right, so no, this is like, much. We didn't know if it got canceled. Right, this or, is this or, is twice as many. On. This is twice as many episodes. Thank you for the phone call. Big name actors. It's uh, going to be a very very big deal. One more quick call, Bill Lafayette, New Jersey. I think I went to rehab there at Sunrise House on line five. Good morning, Bill. I know where the Sunrise House is. Said, um, is that that's in that's, in La- that's in Lafayette, right? Yeah, yeah, it's off of uh, Route uh, 15 right. up there in Sussex right. County. Right. Anyway, I lived in Fort Lauderdale for years. I just wanted to mention a few places to see if you uh, frequented them. The Elbow Room. Yes, uh, yes, of course. Uh, Are you kidding me? Of course. Oh, my God. And right up on the same block was Lum's Hot Dogs, which is way, way back. I don't remember that one, but I went to a place for a long time also in Fort Lauderdale called Pete and Lenny's, and then it became yeah. Confetti's. Remember that place? Yes, yes, I do. And then in South Beach, I always went to the Clevelander, always, and then uh, Club New every New Year's Eve. Club New. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And down on on A1A, there was a place called Ernie's Bar and Lounge. I know it well. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Conk chowder, bimini bread, conk bread. Oh, yes. The bimini boat yard, thank you for the phone call, on the uh, 17th Street Causeway was a great place. They had the best bread anywhere in Fort Lauderdale. Tim McCarthy. Our old buddy here from WABC and ESPN, he says Maximus in New City. Really? Rockland County? I've been there, too. No way. I swear with, to God. With, with Tim McCarthy? Yeah, I think I saw him across the, the floor. He was Get like, out falling of here. down. He couldn't even stand. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to work for that guy one day, oh, maybe. Funny. No, you really know that place? I, of course. There was not many places in Rockland County. I know. Went out, but that was it. It was right before I left high school. Tim McCarthy. Look at you. Tim McCarthy and Maximus. That's great. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. We do need a contestant for Beat Sid. Thanks to Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Cash and prizes on the line. A very, very big deal. Beat Sid comes your way in about 20 minutes. Need some contestants. And we'll continue talking about your favorite clubs on a Friday night. Summer. New York City. Right here on the number one rated news talk show in New York City, we are Bernie and Sid. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. (laughs) Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. (laughs) 
This is uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band, right? Bang. Oh, they were big. They were big, Lewis. So I'm getting out of here after the show. And uh, me, Danielle, and Gabe, and we're going to um, Crystal Springs Resort again. Beautiful place. In the mountains of northern New Jersey. Oh, I need a vacation. Two days is not enough. I need more. But uh, what am I going to do? I got to be here. But this place is going to be, it's a gorgeous place. It's gorgeous. And uh, we're supposed to get a, a, a couple's massage at 4 o'clock today. That's going to be great. And then, um, I mean, I told you this yesterday. You can't make this up. So they have like 9,000 activities. And I basically want to do like three, you know. I get excited when I see breakfast on the itinerary. I, I get excited when I see dinner. They have this beautiful restaurant, La Tour. Which we're gonna eat out tomorrow. I think Phil, you've been to this place, Macedonia Phil, right? Yeah, those mountains you were talking about. I live in those mountains. It's like twenty minutes away from me. Do you play golf on one of those six no, beautiful no, golf? No, I don't play golf. I just went to the spa. Did you really? Yeah, that's where I'm going today. It's nice. What do you get done there? Oh, no, I didn't actually. Not the spa, like the like the the pools and the hot tubs and the steam rooms. I don't like get like massages. But you do all the other stuff there. You really yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Are you a member? How does that work? No, no. I I snuck in every single time I've been there. Wow! Look at you. You should sneak into the White House. That'll be great for the Bernie and Sid show. I'll, swear to I'll God. Go with the GoPro strapped to my head. And yeah, the whole it. thing, right. Yeah, do that. I'll start interviewing people. So they got the, the dinners in. So they, they got this uh, the, the, tomorrow. They go, um, you know, axe throwing. So my wife one time took her girlfriend from the office axe throwing, and she loved it. Her and Ava, they were great at it. So um, I've never done it before. Have you ever done this axe throwing? No, but it doesn't bode well for you. Daniel's into that and loves it. Just, no, she I loves me these step. days. I yeah, know. Okay. But they're really popular in the city. They got these clubs and they serve food and drinks and you throw axes. I, I don't know. So they're, they're, we're doing axe throwing tomorrow. But here's, here's the best part about the whole story. The axe throwing comes after the wine tasting. That so works out great. <laughs> well done. Right. So Danielle's going to, you know, drink like, you know, half the wine in New Jersey. That's nothing. Watch this one. <laughs> that guy there. <laughs> and then I'm going to be right there when these axes are flying all over the place after all this wine. So if I'm not here on Monday, well, you know why. It's good working with you. I, <laughs> it's I been love fun, you. right? Just remember that. Wasn't today a great show? Yeah. Specifically ex- today. Excellent. Tim McCarthy, what a great. I mean, I can't tell you how many people have loved this show today. But I knew it was going to be the case. You know, I've been doing this a couple of years. I kind of know what I'm doing. kind of know. Kind of know, you know. I know Greg Kelly was looking for me yesterday. What happened there, Phil? Why was uh, Greg Kelly? I don't know. His whole coalition came running. They're like, could you start texting Sid? Uh, Greg wants you on the show. And I said, For okay. what? I think he wanted to talk about your book. I didn't even know he knows my had a book out. I mean, everyone it's, it's knows. Not, well, I know. Did you not see Curtis I, well, on I'm, the street? Everyone I'm, in New York knows now. I'm being sarcastic. Okay. I texted Kelly... <laughs> Like weeks ago. You know, I texted three guys at Newsmax. Sean Spicer got back to me right away. He's putting me on the show. Grant Stinchfield got back to me right away. He's putting me on the show. And Greg Kelly, who I've not heard from yet. Yesterday, I guess he figured out I've got a book out. I mean, even Brian Kilmeade has me on Fox and Friends. Mark Levin. But Greg Kelly just figured out yesterday there's a book out. Did, well, did you text me? I did text you. Did I answer the text? Sid, you know you did not answer the text. Oh, well. Here is uh, (laughs) Joe Whitestone, line three. Good morning, Joe. Hey, how's it going, Sid? How are you, Big Uh, Joe? 
right. All right. And there, there was a club in Queens called the Monastery uh, that was in Sunnyside. And I, I know Greg Kelly knows this place, Club G on Long Island. Where was that? And, uh, I've heard of that place, too, Club G. Where was in that? The, in the Garden City Hotel. Oh, right. I mentioned earlier, right, the Garden City Hotel. Right. Yeah. And there was, uh, uh, there was Penrods. Uh, Penrods was in Fort Lauderdale, you mean? Well, Penrods was at the uh, East Meadows Shopping Center. It's now called Zachary's. Or no kidding. Used to, yeah. And then uh, you had the Camerons. Uh, Metro 700. Right, see, that uh, place, I went to Metro 700. Thank you for the phone call, Joe. Every Thursday night, that was my spot, me and Eric Levine. I saw a flock of seagulls there. I, um, the Garden City Hotel, Luke, correct me if I'm wrong, but me, you, Janice Dean. That's it. That was the WFN Christmas Your party. Your wife, too. Danielle came, too, right? That was Once, it. once. Well, it was an infamous time. You drove me home. You oh. drove, oh, we drove back to the oh, city. Oh, my God. And you came, you, you came back to my neighborhood in Chelsea. Yeah, Garden It was city. after that party? It was, it was definitely after one and of And if I remember parties. correctly, the guy that ran that hotel was a guy named Brian Rosenberg. No relation. Do you remember I, that? I don't remember oh, okay. the guys. Are you kidding? I, I have no idea. <laughs> All I know is I'm, I'm happy we survived getting back. I know. Oh, those are crazy parties. Getting the gas station on the way home. We stopped because Danielle couldn't find the LIE or something. Why was she driving? Well, you, oh, I guess I... <laughs> I don't... Uh, I don't know. Go figure. What are the odds that Danielle had to drive? Me and you. <laughs> oh, she, my God. So we pulled into the gas station, and the guy was on the other side. It was, you know, those uh, the pumps. I'm like, excuse me. I think you yelled to the guy. <laughs> what? What? Wait, is the is the LIE over there? No, no. Hey, my brother, where, where, where I is I know it? exactly what I did. And Danielle yeah. got mad. I screamed, hey, Muhammad. But yeah, that was, def- <laughs> that was the first thing. I didn't want to say that. I'm glad you did. And he said something. I don't even know if it was back in English. He said, oh, blah, blah, blah. oh and she said to you, how does he know which direction oh, we God. need to go in? And you turned to her and like, yeah, that's right. How does he know? And then you turned back to him and yelled, hey, wait, that's the wrong way. So the poor guy's trying to help it. And you screamed at him. And we just oh, left the gas station. Oh, I remember. I'm in the back seat. I'm not getting home. I'm but then you got his home safely. She did. But I remember correctly. Then she went back to the apartment. And you and I went to some gay club in Chelsea. Yeah, of course. What else what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> what else? Made sense. Oh, my uh, God. I, what am I doing here? Listen, those were the days when companies and radio stations, but companies had Christmas parties that were fun. Like, they actually, people drank, they danced. And that was on a Friday, thank the good Lord. Right, it was on a Friday. You know, you, you catch, like, somebody having sex on a Xerox machine. <laughs> <laughs> and then realize that, like, they hit the button, took a picture of their ass. <laughs> you, you come in Monday morning, like, oh, my God, is that, what, is that what, Jesse's that's, ass? That's not me. <laughs> Ah, oh, the good old days. Now America's boring. Now, now we have like we get like together in the afternoon and we have food and people that hate each other talk to each other as if they care. I'm woke. Oh God. Anyway, <laughs> I'm offended. I actually, I'm so happy you're back with me and Bernie because Bernie and I went out a couple times back then, but not often. You and I were always out together, always blondies on the Upper West Side, all the Christmas parties. I mean, you got me in a lot of trouble, actually. No, though. yeah, I, yeah, I'm sure I did. Yeah, you did. I, if I save the answer, you were a horrible my influence. Answering machine messages before we went out. Hey, I'm coming back from Connecticut. You <laughs> stupid idiot! You better be coming out. It's sick. <laughs> We're going to Blondie's. I got everybody coming, and you have to be there. Well, you I, would always, be there. I would always say that I've got everybody coming, because yeah. I get like 12 people to go every time, right? Just talk to Ed Coleman. He's going to be there 8.30. <laughs> 
I'll pick you up. You better not be sleeping, you jerk. <laughs> that was me. Guilty as charged. All right, All right, right. I you can't got wait me. to go out now. You right. got me again. I'm ready. Now, it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. Indeed. Not time to beat Bernie. Another special edition of the Beat Sid Peerless Boilers Beat Bernie Contest. Again, sponsored by Peerless Boilers, Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com or PavilionTankless.com for a dealer near you. Peerless Boilers, America's best built boilers. I say that in my sleep now, Lewis. I say it in my sleep, and it wakes me up. Hey, yeah. what clubs did you like, Justin? <laughs> yeah. That a riffraff was fun as a kid. Go right. with 13, yeah, we, paint, your, paint your face, and drink a bunch of uh, Sprite. Great. A yeah. lot of drugs, a lot of music. Great. Uh, right. Great. Well, Great. The, well, we try to keep that part out. Okay. We're underage. All right. Uh, today's <laughs> contestant, Vic, in New Jersey. Hello, Vic. Hey, how you doing? Is that straight uh, or short, I guess, for Victor? That's right. This how about a genius. Yeah. yeah. Put that one together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Vic, you're out in New, uh, New Jersey. Where in New Jersey are you? Uh, Poor Symphony. Okay, gotcha, cool. And you run a supermarket. What supermarket's that? Uh, Superfood Town. Oh, all right. So is that a chain? No, well, it's a family business. Oh, how about that? Very, 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 very cool. Mm, so you sell food. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. is one by me. I, I know, I know that place. So uh, how's business? Uh, pretty much the same all the time. Pretty good. All right, cool. You ready to get into the game? We're going to try. Yeah, yeah, give it your best. I know you will. Here we go, number one. Which Maryland basketball star was notoriously drafted with the second overall pick by the Boston Celtics in 1986, only to die of a cocaine overdose just two days later? Len Bias. How about that? Quick. One for one. Nice job, Vic. Two. Which New York City skyscraper erected in 2013 was declared to be the tallest building in the Western Hemisphere at almost 1,800 feet tall? Uh, New York City starts. Oh, is that a burp? Hello? Yep, I'm here. Oh, okay. Hmm? Excuse you. <laughs> need, need one here, Vic. Need one. Victor. Hey now, Vic. Yeah, I, I don't know. Oh, Bro, you need two-legged bag of anthrax. Be Jesus. One World Trade Center would be the correct answer. Mm. One for two. Okay. One for That's a tough question. Don't knock, don't knock yourself for that one. Here we go, number three. Who holds the MLB record for most hits in a single season with 262? Tony Gwynn? It's mm. a good guess. It's a good guess. Ichiro Suzuki in the year 2004. Okay. All right, one for three so far. Let's uh, try to get back to 500 here, Vic. Number four. What disco star was arrested at age 17 for stealing $30,000 worth of Cadillac tires? <laughs> huh. uh, mm. what? Who? Who is it? What is, yeah, I, I think he's mulling, gathering his Yeah, thoughts. yeah. Who do you think it is? Who do you think it is, Vic? Do you know? I, nah, I don't have a clue. Wrong, you okay. like a bag of anthrax should be Jesus. Love to love you, baby. Took you a while to figure out you didn't have a clue. Yeah. No. no. (laughs) Barry White would be the correct answer. One for four. Here we go. Two for five seems like a realistic goal at this point, Vic. Would you agree? (laughs) 
I would. Okay, here we go. Number five. In 2012, Drew Brees broke the NFL record for most consecutive games with a touchdown with 48. Who held the record before he took it? Uh, Come on. Yeah, I know, I know this. I just uh, give me one sec. Um, what do you play for the Colts? I know, I, yes. Jeff Hickman. Yeah. Nope. Wrong, you two-legged back of anthrax. You'll be Jesus. Johnny U. Johnny Unitas. Johnny U. Well, uh, Vic. Not so good. Listen, but you brought the energy, and that's all that really matters, right? Uh, that's right. All right, buddy. Yeah, you're yeah. going to hang out on hold. You get a chance to talk to the big guy here. Oh. Maybe he'll send you a pair of flip-flops if you're nice to him. <laughs> and if you're not, maybe you'll get his flip-flops. <laughs> yeah. Ew, <laughs> ew gross. Ew. That's disgusting. <laughs> Leslie said I have nice feet, so. Ew. Oh, okay, right. that matters. Yeah, it does. What yeah. do we got? Something to write home about, I guess. I guess. Uh, you just need two to win the game. I'm going to win. Yeah. I feel like all week we haven't really had one good contestant. No. Um, not to say that Vic isn't a nice guy, but uh, one for five in a great score. Too late. You just did. Here you go. Ready? Yeah. All right. Number one, which Maryland basketball star was notoriously drafted with the second overall pick Led by the bias. Boston? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what was the backcourt the last time Maryland won a national championship? That's a good question. Court will be proud of me right now. It wasn't in the 2000s. It sure was. Really? Gary Williams was the coach. Juan Dixon and Steve Blake, right? I think so. Yeah. Phil has no idea. He, he's just, no. He's yeah. just no, not. I, no, I actually, I, I genuinely think it's He knows Blake. everything about basketball. No, I, I think you're right. He <laughs> said the center for the Nuggets is the best player ever. I didn't yeah. say that. Yeah. Yeah. He did say that. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're calling him the center for the Nuggets. Don't bring yeah. that guy up. We're calling him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's number two? All right, number two. Uh, well, which, which, <laughs> which New York City skyscraper erected in 2013 was declared to be the tallest building in the Western Hemisphere at almost 1,800 feet tall? Can you say erected like that? Is erected, that... yes. Yeah. It, was, uh, it was built in 2013? It took a blue chew, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get it. It's got... The Freedom Tower? Wrong, you two-legged back of anthrax should be Jesus. I don't even know now. Is that the address of the Freedom Tower? One World Trade Center? Yeah. I yeah. guess it is, it's right? Home. So that would be the correct oh. answer. <laughs> oh, I mean, what, 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 I mean it has, is there a bigger building that you guys know no. about that I don't know no, about? No, no, no. no, 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 that, no. Yeah, okay. no Freedom no, no. Tower is like the that, That's the answer. That's the answer. Dumb bastards. So you didn't see that new building they just put up? Yeah, I guess. Well, I don't know why why Phil would write this question and then put the address and not the name of the building. That's but, interesting. Uh, listen. No, well, yeah. it's the, the name of the building is called One World Trade Center. Well, he's right about that. It's also called the Freedom Tower. Yeah, it's also called the Freedom Tower. I tried one, but what's the next one? Number three, who holds the MLB? Record for most hits in a single season with 262. Oh, most hits in a season, mm. not a career. That's Pete Rose. Yeah, most hits in a season. But this guy's right up there with Pete Rose. I'm gonna go with Ty Cobb. No, nope. wrong. You two legged back. Ted Williams. No. no, Tony Gwynn. No, no, keep going. No, no. <laughs> well, I don't know the answer then at this point. Ichiro. Oh, really? Suzuki. Yeah. He's got a, over 4,000 hits that's, collectively. That's, I know. That's, between, a, that's a good one. Between Japan and here. No, that's a very good one. Uh, it was uh, Blake and Dixon. I was right. Thank you, Corey. Go ahead. How about that? Number four. What disco star was arrested at age 17 for stealing $30,000 worth of Cadillac tires? What? What? Disco star. Disco star? Yeah. Stole $30,000 worth of Cadillac tires? At age 17. <laughs> what dis- What is... Oh, um, so it's got to be... A, who, what guy sang disco? Oh. Uh, is it a girl? Do you sing disco or do you dance? No, it's a guy. Do you dance disco? Danny Terrio. No. Wrong, you two-legged back of anthrax. John Travolta? Barry White. You ever heard of him? He's not really a disco. He's like a Motown guy. 
Barry White. He's not disco. It's a stupid question. He won the game. It's a stupid, <laughs> stupid question. Stupid oh question. What a disco question. Barry White's a Motown. He's like he's like a. a well, I don't know. What, what more disco trivia can I come up with here? Oh. Okay? I'm struggling. All right, here we go. Number five. In the second, how about the movie with Marky Mark where he played Dirk Diggler right, was called what? Boogie Nights. Yeah, Unbelievable. <laughs> in 2012. <laughs> Put something there that I know. Uh, something. <laughs> In 2012, Drew Brees broke the NFL record for most consecutive games with a touchdown with 48. Who held the record before he took it? See, this is tough now. Could be Peyton Manning, could be Dan Marino, could be Tom Brady. None of those Could three. be Brett Favre. None of those nope. four. Nope. Uh, read the question again. <laughs> uncrumble my piece of paper here. Yeah. In 2012, Drew Brees broke the NFL record for most consecutive games with a touchdown with 48. Who held the record before he took it? It, was not, it wasn't Brady, was it Manning, wasn't Favre. And wasn't Dan Marino? Mm. No. Um, wow, 48 straight games at a touchdown pass. This guy held a lot of records for a while before uh, everybody broke them. But he did. Yeah. Warren Moon. No. Bro, give me, give me a hit. Give me a hit. He played for the Colts. He. I said Peyton Manning. No. No. Burt Jones? Jones? No. Wrong. Oh, Johnny Unitas. Yeah. Wrong Colts. Right. Johnny, Johnny Unitas. Right. That's correct. I didn't think Johnny would even have that type of record. I mean. They ran the ball quite a... I know we had some great uh, wide receivers back then. You remember who they were? No. I, what? You're asking me about like the <laughs> I 1920s. Think was, I think it was Steve Blake. Raymond Berry. <laughs> was, he, had a, he had a great tight end in uh, Baltimore, too. Mm. But, uh, so pictures, yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. Right. Well, that's All your right. game. Uh, Vic in New Jersey runs a supermarket. Hello, Vic. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good, buddy. Uh, you, is, it a fa- is it a chain or like a uh, local supermarket, like a family-owned? Uh, it's a it's a food town. It's family owned. My oh, okay. father's been in business since uh, the mid seventies. Where are you? What part of Jersey, Vic? Uh, Parsippany. Oh, nice. Okay. And you listen to the yeah. show every day. Did I've been listening to you for years? When I was in college, they used to catch me out in my car during class listening to Sid on the fan. I, I couldn't get enough. Bro. It was great. Really? Thank you for saying oh, yeah. that, man. Well, those are the days with Jody Mack and Joe Beningo and all those guys. So thank you. No, no, no doubt. You know I would. I was into the gambling a little bit, and like you know, you were you were one of the only guys that would touch on it. I used to just love the show. I, I man. still do, by the way. I still talk about yeah. it. I, still, I mean, yeah. I'm yeah. giving, no, I'm giving know, up. I know. The, the Giants are playing the uh, the uh, the Bengals on Sunday. They're a six point favorite. Somebody said to me, "Why are you giving out lines for exhibition football?" I go, "Cause people bet on it." Trust me. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I know. Hey, thank you for calling in, Vic, and thank you for your loyalty all these years. It means a lot to me. It really does. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. You too. You too, Sid. Thanks a lot, bud. Thanks. My man, Vic in New Jersey. Love guys like that. We'll, uh, we'll take a short break. We'll come up, come back, I should say, and wrap up what's been a great week of shows. Bernie will be back on Monday. I'm not coming. I'm tired. I need a vacation. So I'm announcing right now I'm not coming on Monday. Well, I want you to. I don't care what you want. Hit the breaking news sounder. <laughs> I mean, I do care. I love you, bud. Where's the breaking news sounder? That's You're right. coming in. We're not breaking news. You're hey. coming in. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It is? Yes, you're coming in. You know you're coming in. Sunday, you're going to have a great weekend. You're going to get mas- double massages. Right. And I don't want to know any more details about them. And then you come in. But I tell the details on the air anyway. I, I know that. This is all. Do it on Monday. It doesn't matter. Come in on Monday and tell come us Come in on Monday. Tell what a great weekend. What a great place this is. Fine. I'll think about it. Bernie, I can't believe Bernie. can't believe it. This is a great place. I'll think about it. Yeah. Okay, you think about that. You convince me. Fine. Oh, we'll come right back. Beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. On 77 WABC. 
Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good, great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. out dancing tonight after Wit did it for me in Rockaway last night. I don't know when I will. That was a great job by Lou Rufino today, specifically playing all the great hits, the disco hits of the 70s. I guess they must have that station somewhere on Sirius XM like the disco hits. Get ready like on a Friday night, like John Travolta, Attica, Attica, and blow your hair in the mirror and get all ready, you know, play Angel Eyes by Lime or... <laughs> you know, or uh, what was it? For, for the sake of God, God, God. Remember that song? Yeah, no blacks and no Jews and no gays. You could say something like that back then. Of Remember course, that? right. And yeah. today you could say it. Like, apparently. <laughs> no, like, I could say it because I'm Sid, but... Push, um, push, in the bush. Oh, that was a classic, right? You had the Freak also by uh, Sheik. You had uh, that annoying sister, Sledge. And by the way, you, you know, you, you still really can't go wrong with... Um, I guess my I was uh, the Yui Corporation rock the boat. That's a classic. Use Yui. <laughs> the, uh, the movie with Al Pacino called Lido's Way. The soundtrack for that movie, if you like disco, is great. He gets killed, you know, at the end by uh, Benny from the Bronx. Okay, great. I was going to watch it. Thank you. It's forty years old. The great uh, what's his name? That Latino actor. I like him. John Leguizamo killed him at the end. All right, we um we had a great week of shows. Bernie will be back, I think, Monday, and um, we hope he's doing well. I haven't heard from Bernie, but I love him. I miss him. Hopefully he's back on Monday. I think I gave you four great shows, though, Tuesday through Friday. I know I did. I know you guys were amazing. Lewis, Macedonia, Phil, Justin, Ellick, all great. Frankie Diaz with an E, Deb Valentine, Jack and Carl, my boy Rocco. You were all great, all of you. Well, have yourselves a nice weekend and have some fun. And I'm going to go to this uh, resort with Danielle and Gabe and do a lot of relaxing and not think about any of this nonsense at all. None of it. I'll catch up, I guess, on uh, Sunday night. So, from all of us on the Bernie and Sid in the morning show, to all of you, have yourselves a beautiful summer weekend. Thank you for participating in today's show. The listening audience was terrific on social media as well. Until Monday at 6, everybody. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.